Let's and do it. Go. Go. Go, go. time. Let's go. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're live. <laughs> we're retarded sometimes. I swear. We are live. We are live. We are live. It, I was told it's not like PC to call people retarded anymore. It's not? I don't know. Like, you know, we come from a different generation, from the, uh, you know, 80s, I would say 90s. We're kind of, I feel like um, people in my generation were like, a mix of like the gen or the xers and the between like the gen <laughs> yeah. xers and the millennials kind of that time frame yeah so it's kind of a mix of a couple of different like you know a couple i want to say i've seen it as someone's diagnosis <laughs> maybe back then you yeah. could clinically call someone retarded but it's like not kosher to say that you know um i grew up saying stuff like that you like, know what? And uh, I had a fear that I was going to say it on the show at one point. Just really? Because, like, oh, you're... Well, just because I say it to you guys as, right. as it's friends. Like, like, well, like, ha-ha. But I, you never think about, like, oh, wow, someone can really get offended. You yeah. don't. I mean... Sorry. So what makes it offensive? Is it, like, the connotation behind it? Is it the, um, the fact that it used to mean people with, like, mental disabilities? I mean, so can you take any word and make any word offensive? Oh, totally. You know, or I think you can. Where, and where does it stop? Like, if we're friends and we call each other like, like racial slang, like we you know, growing up you always heard racial slang, and I, you know, people laugh at it, they think it's funny. But when, when, when is it no longer funny? When it's, when does it leave your group and it's no longer funny and it's offensive to somebody else hearing it? Because it's never the person saying it; it's how to perceive from somebody else. Oh, you know what would be a perfect example of that oh. is something that's not offensive but could be offensive. Oh well, you're smart. Oh, <laughs> Mr. Smart, Mr. Smarty yeah, Mr. Pants Smarty over Pants. here, Jeanette. It's like, is that good? Let's I've got about... tequila today again. Yes. Dude, I'm, I'm living dangerously. I've been wanting to buy a bottle of this. I've seen that. The Reposado. It looks, it looks very Tequila awesome. Corlejo. I feel like, um, I feel like this is classic. Yeah. Like, shit's going to get crazy. Like, it, looks, it looks crazy. It's, it's a big blue bottle. I don't know what the difference... There's two other bottles, but I've always liked the blue one. Ooh, let's talk about the the booze of choice mm. this, this evening. I feel like this is going to be a good time. It looks... Yeah, totally. You're going to fall off. You're totally going to fall off your stool. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. There's a second one here, so I can like, hold on. <laughs> one day, somebody's going to be like, Hey, isn't there anybody that drinks on podcasts? Who can we sponsor? And it's going to be like... Us. Us, please, please, <laughs> please, please, please. we have no budget. No budget. No budget. I've I've offered to pay people with cookies and alcohol. I, I've been and offering shots. Like anyone wants to help us with this podcast, we'll and pay you nobody, in shots. Nobody's biting. I don't apparently, it. apparently, there's federal benefits for being unemployed and getting your own alcohol. I guess I don't know because they don't want they don't want to join the crew here. Well, at I, some point, we're gonna have to like get a gathering with our friends and bring all of our in our our bottles and say okay guys we've really accrued a lot here let's have a party <laughs> byob stay away from mine <laughs> i like having my selection yeah, no. <laughs> what are you doing what do you got there okay so i got some stoli oh. cucumber vodka because oh. there's different brands of cucumber vodka like uh -huh. the ones that people think about is Dude, that, that legit smells like cucumbers Here, oh my it. god that smells delicious i feel like i'm being healthy oh. right now 
Oh God. Is it smooth here? Oh. Let me let me try that. Dude, that is amazing. So I've had the effing one before and it did was okay. The, did you say yeah. the effing one? Yeah, like it's not even slang. I'm not even trying to be like it's called effing, E-F-F-E-N. Oh, is it really? Okay. Yeah, and it's a green bottle. This is amazing. This, yeah? is, this is delicious. Ooh, I can it get, smells good. I can get chocolatey wasted on that. I've found that Stolia is, like, it does make a smoother vodka. That is good. It's not bad that considering good, its dude. price. Wow. And I paired it with um, lemonade, zero sugar. I feel like we're doing like a fine wine show. Right. And I've, and I've paired it with a nice, a nice aged cheddar and a nice lemonade. Well, this is kind of like an aguas frescas, kind of like a Is it take. really? I'm going to have to drink that. You want to try it? Hey, hey. We got to cheers to number seven. Mm. Episode seven. Episode seven. Cheers. Cheers. Man. Wow. Cheers to everybody out there. We're on number seven. We're getting somewhere in life. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. That's delicious. Try this. Oh, God. That's, this that's... is quite literally. It tastes mm -hmm. like an aguas frescas. It's really good. Oh, my God. That's freaking delicious. Mm -hmm. It's so refreshing. Oh, my God. So if you're I looking just... for a summer drink, I, I this is... That's cool. This that's is good. A really that good That is one. really stinking good. It is very... And it's... I, I Perfect feel, for barbecues. I feel like if we're not careful, this is going to turn into like a six-hour podcast <laughs> tonight, and we're going to be falling off the chairs and slurring like oh, it's going to be a bloody mess. That, it is. That's the what I think would happen. Good. They are good tonight. So that was our first technical difficulty we've ever had. I was afraid that that's going to happen because I have like the Bluetooth mouth here. Mouse, oh. and I must have moved it, and something happened, which is good though. We have the screen facing us now yes. as we become a little bit more advanced. So everybody's gonna see like a little bit of a glitch where we where we lost video for a minute. Well, it's a, it's actually pretty funny. We're we talking about it being crazy, so the fact that we lost connection for a minute. I know, right? Like, no. Oh no! Is this uh, a preview of things to come? I was like, did we lose like ten minutes? Minutes, uh, no, no, yeah, no, no, we didn't lose that much, but it's, it's okay, being that we're rookies in this and we're just like newbies, I always, I'm always afraid of that. Like, we're gonna do something and it's gonna be like, oh no, like, um, I think if anybody ever wanted to know, like, the um, like starting podcast, if it's difficult and whatnot, like I say, this is a long time coming, we were planning it out, and then you know, here we're starting, and it's like, geez, you know. We've only had, let's see, we've had the light go out on us mysteriously, like, oh, yeah. And now this, where the video had feed just cut out for oh, just a birds. second. The birds aren't even chirping right now. They, what's, it's a little bit darker over there. The oh, birds, okay. I had to talk with the birds. Because, uh, yeah, 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 the birds aren't chirping. The dog is breathing in the living room. Oh, yeah, except the dog's breathing like he's running out of air. He's like 14 years old, though. Aww. Yeah, in, in our year. So he's like older than dirt in his years. But, um, anyway, so yeah. Episode seven. So we've made it past the big five bar. Yay. Um, we, have a, we have a pretty good show planned for today. I mean, we have tequila and, and vodka. But, um, you know, um, again, you know, a lot of stuff going on in the news. A lot of stuff going on all over. Um, I don't know last time we talked if the Talib, if we had pulled out of Afghanistan yet. I don't recall. Um, I think they may have, but we didn't talk about it. We didn't it. talk about that. You know, there's, you know, COVID, the Delta variant still going on. There's the new um, variant of interest called the Mu. Mm, I saw M -U. That. Yeah, so. I know, so, yeah. Um, even our little town, there's been a little bit of violence this past week. Um, you know, there's been a lot going on. But, um, you know, um, I've, irregardless, I think, um, and it's kind of true of life, 
all, oh, there's always stuff that goes on. It always gets crazy. You always oh, have yeah. like nonsense going on and all that stuff. And I think you have to focus on the positive. And, um, and I brought up this topic with you, which I thought would be a good topic to talk about. You know, um, and I think it'd be something positive spit on life regardless of what's going on. But like manifesting Manifesting and manifesting the, the power of positive thinking. Right, right. We've that's... been talking about that a lot lately, actually. Yeah. I think, I think um, it's actually kind of come up. I think it's come come up for about a year now, but I think it's become more um, something that we talk about probably the last few yeah. months. Yeah. Like I think it's kind of started way back i mean covid was a terrible year oh, so there was a lot of negative thinking a lot of fear a lot of like what's going to happen so um to try to get out of the headspace you know try and, to um, think about something more right. than just what could happen just try to and, and this has kind of been with me lately right yeah like this whole idea of manifesting mm -hmm. stuff like the power of like positive thinking positive intentions and let me tell you i am not a stinking foo-foo guy, new agey stuff. Like, you know me, Jeanette. I am like, I consider myself like as guy as it gets. Yeah. You know, I'm just one of the boys. I just want to hang out. just want to have a good time, you know? I just want to burn it out, huh? Maybe I want to, I don't know. Maybe I want to dance tonight. I don't know. You know, just, maybe I want to have a drink. Maybe I want to go go to the gym and slam weights around and, you know, be masculine and do push-ups. I don't know. It's, you know, it's, a, it's my life. I can do what I want, right? <laughs> Go what? put go put on uh, pink socks and go slam weights. I, Could you I, I do all of that at the same time and do oh, a I podcast? Can. That I would can. be amazing. It would be amazing. Tune in. Yeah, yeah tune in. Coming next. <laughs> Coming next. <laughs> okay. I do make a pledge by episode eight. Mm -hmm. We are going to have headphones. I'm going to manifest us sitting here and I'm visualizing it. We're going to be wearing headphones and we're going to be able to listen to ourselves while we're talking, which is kind of weird, but... It gives you um, better control of the volume. So we want to step up our game. We're going to start wearing headphones. Yes. And then maybe in an episode or two, we're going to get some more of those mics there. And we'll have better quality mics. I mean, these look kind of cool. But I like them, yeah. They're kind of cool, but these were like the cheapies. But we're going to get those mics, which were like not the expensive ones, but the middle of the road. You know, so, you know, it's like the, uh, the tales of, of starting a podcast. It's only you know? going to get better and better, guys. Ugh. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I don't even read the comments. I'm like, oh Lord, hopefully the comments are bad. So, but yeah, so um, we'll see where uh, where all this goes. But I think it goes hand in hand with like um, manifesting and, and positive intentions. And I think it's, it's all kind of tied in, you know. And um, have you ever read the book called The Secret? No, have I you ever heard of it? No, yo, absolutely. I think there's even a movie. God, if I didn't want, if I didn't read the book, should I not have watched the is movie? Is it? Is it a movie though, or is know, it? It's, it's like like a, a, a long a, infomercial. Oh my god, I have right. It, that's what I thought. Is that what it is? I I have no desire to watch it. I figure if I wanted to know this secret, I should actually read the book. But it's like it's interesting. I'm sure I have it on my bookshelf somewhere. Um, I always thought it was interesting. Um, the idea of the secret kind of goes along with that. And then there's this whole thing about um, manifesting, putting good intentions, all that out there. Like this whole this whole train of thought of visualizing stuff. You know what I mean? And I think it goes beyond the secret. Although this woman, um, she really put it in this little book that became like a major big seller. Mm -hmm. People were so into it. Dream boards and all that stuff. And, you know, um, I'm not knocking any of it. I think it's good. To, um, to dream, to have goals, write stuff down and visit it and visit it often. 
I'm down with that. I think so. I think so. But I also think that comes from just the basic concept of self-fulfilled prophecy. Right. If you're constantly thinking, and we were talking about this, Mm. like manifestation Mm. in reverse. Right. And then it came to me. I was like, that's self-fulfilled prophecy. Okay. Self-fulfilled prophecy. Okay. That's an interesting statement. So you're saying there's a prophecy. Something's already written in stone, but you're making it happening. Are you also making the... Are you generating the prophecy so that it does happen? Self-fulfilled or you, prophecy is Is it already there and you're tapping into it? Self-fulfilled prophecy is a concept of you're making it happen by your thoughts. By, by if you're saying something repeatedly, like if you're kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, so just as an example, I am going to one day, you know, I'm, I'm like, let's say I'm, I'm going to my car and I see like the big. I'm gonna grow into a big boy one day. I'm gonna be a man. I'm gonna be a man one day. I'm gonna be a man one day, and I'm gonna tell my neighbor what I really think. You know, no, I'm just kidding. Well, here's but no, 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 no. What I'm thinking, like, if you're you're constantly thinking something, like, I think if you can think it, it will eventually happen. I mean, I think that. See, and I'm halfway there with you. Okay. I don't think. I don't think that if you just think it, it's going to happen. I think it. I think it will. I think it, within, can, actually, I think I it can. I did have an interesting experience with that this last week, but we'll get into it. And I was thinking that's self fulfilling prophecy. Self fulfilled prophecy. So, I um, was taking a road trip across California, and uh, when I first started listening to podcasts, that was about that time frame. And I remember listening the the, the gal I was driving with, mm-hmm. um, you know, my ex. She was listening to this podcast like. Um, glow glow it was like glow 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 and i remember the two like glow 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 it's like glow, glow and all the people that were fans were all called glowies and all that is that the girl wrestlers you're talking about wait no it's, it's a podcast it's a podcast it's a podcast glow? like something like glow glow glowies glowing uh, glowing up or something <laughs> like that and then it, like when when that podcast started it was like a little musical thing like glow 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 and i i, I used to get so tickled about it they had this positive energy and i i used to think like i can do this i can glow glow, I could glow, glow every day i'm glowing and i could glow on the i can glow on the mic and on youtube i can do this now i mean i was like i want to be a glowy I want to be a glowy. Can I get a shirt too? I'm going to start my day in a positive attitude. Glow. <laughs> I want to glow for the world. I want to play on the Powerpuff. Um, <laughs> oh, like the Powerpuff Football League for girls. I want to play on the Powerpuff <laughs> League also. That's a whole different conversation about That sounds like men. We're, it sounds like we're kind of headed in a different direction. It does. I mean, the guy's getting a sex change, playing <laughs> in, fe- in female sports, and they're dominating. That's a different conversation. Yeah, we're not totally, going to yeah, wow. yeah, but this podcast, I used to think it was cool to have you driving in, like, like say we're driving to LA and all that. And I was like, that's kind of cool, you know? And uh, they were all excited. They're all jazzed. I mean, I feel like you know, we get on here, like, let's drink Jeanette. Gotta get my energy. I need a cigar. Give me a smoke. <laughs> I need tobacco. And I need, like, no, but I thought it was a, I thought it was a cool, cool concept. And that's when the whole thing about, like, podcasting i started buying equipment and all that and i thought oh we could do this Jeanette. but i didn't know you back then i probably didn't know you back then we've started like i, I think we it. started knowing each other more during covid because those were rough times our first year the first year was first pretty year. good i think yes it i was, was a, good. i was in a leadership role yes we 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 just acquired the company mm-hmm. you were with and I was putting it out you know i did put it out there i because i'd already gone through one corporate takeover bio and i didn't like the way the transition went on on the ground on the on the floor level Mm -hmm. and i remember thinking you know what i'm going to put myself out there be more available 
every day and we met you guys and mm -hmm. it was like okay we're gonna buy you guys out and this is mark from this area and all this stuff and uh um and i you know i remember, I remember we met you all and then like when they said, you know, when it was complete, we're going to be working with each other. So when they gave us the date that, like, we were officially acquired, you guys, I remember, like, the next day I moved in. Oh, totally. You and, totally. and I was, I was <laughs> you there. You cut it off. Yeah. So I, was I, like, I was like, okay. That's my office. Again. Right. And, uh, um, and I, I um, remember, you know, I had my manager at the other office, mm -hmm. you know, Deborah, and, and uh, um, I knew I could count on her. And I thought, you know, I'm going to be there for you guys every step of the way. I'm going to get to know you. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you with everything. And we and learned the systems pretty quick. We I did. thought. And and I remember, I remember thinking that I'm gonna I do remember, this. I remember learning the systems pretty fast. Right. I mean, and being there with you guys every yeah. step of the way, but more than just like learning, I think um I had this already in my head. I was gonna do it this way. I was gonna be there. I, I could already visualize it. Mm -hmm. And it kind of goes hand in hand with what we're saying. When you visualize stuff, right? Like the, the whole idea of the secret, self-manifesting, self-fulfilling mm -hmm. prophecy. That, you know, you can, you can really visualize things. Yeah. But, okay, so The Secret. I think it's a good book. It's written by Rhonda something. R Rhonda Byrne. You know, she says she, she heard about it and she put it into a book. It was a bestseller and all that. All these different languages all around the world. And I remember friends being really into it. They put their dream boards up. They, they, they put big goals out there to the universe. I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to drive a nice car. And they put it out there, but nothing changed for them. Yeah. And I think there's, I think, um, there's a part of it where you have to do the legwork. Well, you also have to change your mindset. Right. I mean, I think that you can have a visualization board and have all of these amazing things, but something has to something has to speak to you and it has to become important to you. Because right. if it doesn't become important, then I don't think it's going to happen. It's like, happen. you know, you can have good days, you can have bad days, but if it's important for you to wake up in a positive it's almost space, like you have to have your, your why also. Yeah, you have to understand the, the reason why. Exactly. Right. And I think you we've had this conversation. Like, What's your why, Jeanette? <clears throat> young men, scandalous young men, scantily clad in the swimming pool across from your apartment. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. That's just not enough. <laughs> That's not enough. <laughs> it's like, so you're no. saying not just that one guy, but... The whole gaggle of them. The whole flock. Let's think big, okay? I'm going to stop by your place. And there's just going to be a bunch of men in banana hammocks just all dancing in your place like, whoa. Well, let's oh, think bigger touch. than that. Let's think bigger than that. Let's think about how am I going to market that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so you're talking about a whole generation of men I mean, we're at your place? About, like we're hundreds about of guys? That's going to make, make oh, me God. money. We're not thinking prostitution here. <laughs> let's not think small. Let's think big. No, but the why, and I. Had I was going to take that a whole different direction. I I just looked at you. I was like, oh crap. But don't, the why? Don't say the don't why. don't say. Let's think big when you're talking about a whole gaggle of men and thinking bigger. 
Yeah, that conversation could go the other way. And <laughs> the minute you said that, that could be like bye bye just with the 15. other. Oh, like all right, all right. Let's get a following, is, and then we can we can is, skip on to another. Is, put the kids away because this this is an after hours conversation. <laughs> <laughs> with this could be like our second podcast. It could be like Lola and uh, scandalous scandalous gonna... stories with <laughs> Lola hash Lola parentheses Jeanette, <laughs> the man maker. <laughs> the man. The Wait, what is your is your after hours name? Could be a Paco and Lola. Oh my god. Open up with corny seventies music. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's cool. This went south fast. Yeah, totally. We manifested. It's, well we manifested. We manifested. Show, so. mm. <laughs> but manifest so no, I, let's get back to the why. Man, the, the what's your why? What's your why? why? The why of like waking up in a positive headspace because if you don't, it like will ruin your whole day. I th and I think if it could be anything. A I think why you could have be to. Anything. It could be a why could be like you know being like Something waking personal. up with a yeah waking up with a grateful heart because I think that okay yes we've be seen yeah we've seen in the business that we're in we've seen people and they mm -hmm. they don't always have the best life circumstance and then when you right. start to recognize that that could be you and and when we start to blow off the good yeah. things that are in our lives and we don't recognize that we're not grateful for it right i think that i think we're doing ourselves a a disservice we're talking about like how many days left in your life do you have right. do you really want to wake up every single day in a like oh i'm so tired i'm Ugh. so i mean yes we're that's, tired that's but me every day i know that's like but every do we day. want to like waste that day just so we can jump you in, know and like jump to the end or do we want to actually like do something meaningful throughout the day. And our friend earlier sent us that message. And if let he, me let me pull that and up. And I really what liked it. A I really profound liked it. Message. It totally was. I really liked it. I mean, I, I think that there is a lot of meaning behind it. it. Very inspiring. Like, you know, today is Wednesday mm -hmm. after Memorial Day. We were off on Monday, so Tuesday seemed like Monday. Wednesday seemed like an even worse Monday. It's like a week of Mondays. And the middle of the day was just rough, right? Today was a beast. And then our friend, like the Dario guy, and Dario, you know, he's like our Baxter. You know, he's like wise back. You know, Dario. I love this guy. But he sends us this message. Very and I'm gonna, inspirational. I like I'm going to read so the much. quote. There's a quote. There's, you know, there's some mm -hmm. reading there, but there's a quote. And it says, he who binds to himself a joy does the winged life destroy. But he who kisses the joy as it flies lives in eternity's sunrise. And um, and then the, the, there's like a, a sentence or two after that. And I think that kind of, it kind of really hit me. Mm. I stand and raise my glass. It is a pr great privilege to be here, I say. Then smiling, I add, in fact, it is a great privilege simply to be. It is. And I, I, I loved it. It was. I think that... Well, you know, in the first paragraph, I think it all went together. I should have read it from the very beginning. Because the first paragraph says, And now I remind myself that I must heed William Blake's warning not to attempt to cling to sublime experience, but rather allow it to come and go with grace. In another of his metaphysical poems, The Four-Line Jewel, called Eternity, he writes, He who binds to himself a joy does the winged life destroy, but he who kisses the joy as it flies lives in eternity's sunrise. 
and I read this today, and it really it's definitely very powerful. You know what? Um, <clears throat> it really struck me in a profound way. Um, I wrote my letter last night, mm-hmm. and in my letter last night. I was writing about a lot of my experiences. Mm-hmm. I've said, you know, I wrote that I've seen the sunrise over the Atlantic, and I've seen it over the 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 the, the, the Rockies as you go into California. Mm-hmm. I've seen the sunrise over the Pacific on the Hawaiian Islands. I've seen the sunrise in the Caribbean. I've seen the sunrise in the Gulf of Mexico. I've seen the sunrise over the Great Lakes. I've seen, I've seen. Two oceans, the Great Lakes, two gulfs. I've seen six countries. I've I've surfed a lot of different waters. I've um, I've seen flowers grow bigger than my head. Mm-hmm. I've seen hummingbirds that have tails that are like six eight inches long, and uh, and I've I've traveled to better part of the United States now, all the biggest sites now. And and I was writing this last night, and it's funny because it, like I say, that poem and that whole that whole passage just hit me because I'm writing this, and I'm like, I'm just thinking like, you know, I wrote last night. I've had a beer, and I've drinking beer probably with somebody from every continent on earth. Yeah, I've played on random rugby teams with so many different teams. I've met so many people from all over the world, you know, through playing rugby. I've had the joy of doing things like jumping out of planes. I've snowboarded, I've surfed, I've longboarded, skateboarded. I've, I've done everything I, I, I'm, I'm doing as much as I possibly can. And I've done all these things. I've, I've stayed up to the wee hours of the morning. I've gone to cities where I didn't know a single person and I made my way and I've had fun. And, um, and, and I was writing this last night and I was like, there's so many guys that think, God, you had such a great life. You've done so many things. I've, uh, a good friend of mine says, you've just done so much and you do what you want. And I'm thinking, as I'm writing this last night, I've done so much. And so many people think it's so great. And it is. But I've never shared any of those experiences with anybody. They're all my own. Yeah. And for some people, that might be great. But sometimes being able to share those things is just so wonderful. And I kept on thinking, I was writing this, I was like, God, how I'd, I would trade all these experiences to have just one of them with, with you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and I was writing this and it just it like hit me hard, just all these stupid things I've done over my life that are epic. Yeah. And I'm I'm not telling people to repeat some of the stuff I've done where you wake up drunk on the beach halfway across the country. <laughs> <laughs> and other states and um You're a, how did it get here and it's just it's so epic and i when i read that what he, you know what he says about <clears throat> what this what this passage you know that that he sent us you know how it said um warning not to attempt to cling to subline experiences but rather to allow it come and go with grace and another I, of his um what does it say well, I I also liked that his takeaway was basically like live a meaningful life, like. And my do you remember my question to him after that? I didn't actually. I, I don't know if I wrote it or if I if I I thought I did, but it says, "What's a meaningful life?" 
I think, from what I understood, and dang it, too bad he's not here because I would have loved for him. If to he's have listening to today. this, Dario, oh, you should have been here. I have asked him. Should have been here. Because um, I mean, this is up his alley for sure. You know. Yeah, and, and okay, so I didn't ask him, but the whole time he wrote that, I go um. Living a life with intention. I think when you live a life with intention, I think that was my takeaway. If you live a life with intention, live a meaningful life. Like meaningful, like, but being intentional. Here's what he wrote. He says, choose your things times mindfully so it, it is a fulfilling experience and can bring joy, happiness. Thomas Merton said, take more time, cover less ground. Choose activities with objectivity that are worth your time. And, um, and I think that's great for all areas of life. I think that's fantastic. I think it could work with everything that you do. Like waking up with the, the intention of having a good day and like making it really powerful for you. Like making it meaningful. Even in the job that you do, like making sure that you create, you you do all you can in that day. Here's for me. Hmm. What's your why, right? And making it, what's, what's meaningful? And that's all I thought about all day today. I thought I messaged it, but I didn't. But what is meaningful? What's the why? And um, and I get lo I get lost in that. I think. Oh, I mean. I mean. I don't. I mean. I don't know if this is the final answer because I don't know. This could, the why can always change. I think for me. Yeah, I think that's a good point. It can change. Yeah, I think for me and maybe where I'm at in my life right now, it's just, you know, I think that. For instance, we're already September. Yeah. It's gonna be freaking Christmas. I always tell, around September, I always tell people, wow, it's already Christmas. Yeah. But it's because, like, time passes by so quick. And how many days that you've passed this year, that can you remember? How many days do you have memories? And, yeah, we have pictures and stuff, but how many meaningful days did you have that you can fully remember? That, man, that was awesome. And if you can, why can't it be more? Here's something. Why, why does it have to when, be the mundane When was the last life? time... You were doing something and you wished, like, whether it be at Christmas, like some sort of like, one of those holidays where you're supposed to be with your friends and family and something, mm. and you're celebrating it and you're in the moment and you're being merry, thankful, grateful, and it's a loving moment and you're, and you, and while you're experiencing that, all you could think is like, where you wanted to be and who you wanted to be with. Have you ever had that moment? Well, who I want to be with is definitely an unanswered question. And listen, listen, I know yeah. I know David Hasselhoff is a very busy man and I know he's the object <laughs> of your desires, but you And know. at this point, you know what it is? It's like I'm in a really good place in my life where I'm uh I don't know, like I'm finding my groove. I've surrounded, you know, there's we're, that We're one... in a very similar age range, so I yeah. think we're our mindsets should be cl like not parallel but close yeah you know i think uh you know i think there's so much that's very age specific think about what meant a lot to you when you're 18 in your 20s and your 30s and as you gotten older i've always wanted to be a person who could hold my own i've always wanted to be a person to not be afraid to be out there in the world yeah and live my life solo now if i met someone to compliment that that would be amazing. But I've never wanted to be a person who is afraid to live her best life. Yeah. And there's a lot of things. And that has honestly become a super important thing. That scares me. Does it? Like not being afraid. 
because um, I find myself as time has gone on and I've gone on living mm -hmm. and I think of this concept of not being afraid because, you know, I'm a man and, you know, I think with men that resonates particularly, you know, um, um, it, it's something that's just burning inside, not, you know, conquer your fears, don't be afraid. And I find the more I don't want to be afraid of stuff, the more, um, cr like the crazier things I do. Like, well, okay. Do you so, know what I mean? <laughs> when I say that, it means totally different for me. But yeah, because you, maybe you've it, done. You're, maybe it manifests in different you're ways. You're more of an extreme person. You like to. You're a very adventurous person. You mm. like to jump out of planes and go do some crazy stuff. And I, I, you know, I know some of the stuff that you've done. You don't mind. You want to push yourself to the limit. And for you, I think that that means pushing yourself to in ways where even if it's painful you're going to do it <laughs> i have to laugh I, at that even if it's going to be painful you're gonna do it you're gonna do it i mean think about the the baton um, death march death march that you did you're i your, was your feet were and you, your feet were so messed up i was I was, I, I laughed. And you, not only that, you, you took like, a, you took extra weight with you. I took, the, okay, so. the Your first the, time. The, you know, there's different levels. There's people that jog, run it. You know, there's like the half marathon, the full marathon. Then you have, you know, you have the civilian and military class. But the civilian and military class, you have the light pack, which is like 15 pounds, 12 for women, I think. And then the, you have the, the heavy pack, which is 35 pounds. And 25 for women, I think. And, um, yeah, so when I, my, my finishing weight when I finished the race was like 65 pounds. <laughs> and uh, I don't know why I did that. I know, but you were so super proud, but you were also super, like, hurt. <laughs> <laughs> the days after, I remember. My foot was one big... So I think you were wearing crocs to the office. For, like, two weeks. So <laughs> I, uh, mm -hmm. I, I finished the race. No, I didn't. I was at the. I went to the med station on the last like three quarters on the very the very last time, and uh, this girl. I actually knew the nurse, and she took off my boot, and she's like, "Oh, let me go call the um the like the supervisor, or whatever." She comes over. And she's like, "Yeah, go ahead and pop that and wrap it up." Like my whole foot was one big blister. Oh my god! And she they wrapped it up and all that. And I I got they put my boots back on. I laced them back on. I think by that time I already changed. I was in tennies because I started in boots. And I took like ten steps, and I I remember I remember wanting to give up at that point because mm -hmm. my feet were in so much pain. Like, oh my the, the my feet had blistered so badly to that point that I was like, I can't do this. And I I I, I turned around and I almost went back to the aid station, and I was just like, Nah, I can do this. And like every step was the most excruciating pain, and I figured it's like you know what, just keep going. Until you can't feel your, feel your feet no more, and eventually that's where I got. I got to the point where um, you couldn't even feel. I the couldn't pain. feel my. I couldn't feel the pain no more, and I was able to like double double time my my walk at that point and go faster. And it was funny because um, you know, you leave the aid station, you go around the desert, and then you know there's a trail that goes up and down, and then there's a dirt road that goes all the way to White Sands. And um, <clears throat> I remember seeing like mile marker like twenty. I was like, all right, I got like six more miles, and I remember. 
from that mile marker to 21 and then from 21 to 22 first of all there's things littered all over the side of the trail people just drop their backpacks their coats just like there's people laying on the ground there are people just <laughs> laying on the ground and they're just people are just abandoning stuff they're just giving up and they're yeah. just sitting there and um and i remember this one lady she would um she was like um working on the team and she kept on driving up in the little golf car or whatever she had and she's like hey are you okay are you okay and i could go yeah i'm fine i'm fine she kept she would come back to me every like few minutes because you're okay right and i'm like yeah i'm fine and uh, um and i just kept on thinking this is 20 to 21 that's the longest mile ever and then 21 from 22 and it's like what the hell? That seemed like two miles. I thought I was like when I got to twenty two, I was like I thought there'd be twenty four, and then from twenty two to twenty three, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm dying! Right, and then uh, so you get to the end of the straightaway, and you're like, I could see the straightaway, but where's the end? It should be right there. And then there's like a ninety degree turn and trail that goes around the base, and I remember just thinking like, I can't do this anymore. But it was like around mile twenty four. There's like two more miles. And I started jogging, like to get around to the end. And I was like, I've got to finish. And I remember just at that point being so exhausted and it hurt so bad. I just started running as hard as I could for like the last two miles, mm -hmm. just cause I wanted to be done. And, um, and it's cool cause you go around the base and then there's one last turn where you, you, you turn to the finish line and everybody's right there at the finish line for the last, like, it's like 26.25 miles. And that last little quarter mile stretch, everybody's there and they're cheering and they're yelling. And it's just, it's so exhilarating. And you start running even harder and you don't feel the pain. You don't feel the hurt. And I, I have a picture of myself at that point. And I looked horrible and the pack was painful. And um, you get through the finish line and you just collapse. And I just remember thinking like, it was so many emotions. You're overwhelmed with joy. You're overwhelmed with excitement, the exhaustion. You're um, you're trying not to break down. That you're, you're just pain. thankful that it's over. Oh my gosh! And it was, it was just a horrible experience. But I mean, at the same time, it's like, okay, I want to do this again. And I, I only signed up for the baton like a week and a half or something like two weeks, which was like the last day and to you, sign up. You didn't even train. No. Well, you know, okay, so I did I it. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, sure, with going to the gym and stuff like that, but you weren't it's a training. Different kind of training. You though. weren't training it's a for different that, kind of training. that distance. No. You don't, like, people train for marathons, train for marathons. And all my friends have been training for months and months, and they were hiking, increasing the distances. And stupid me, classic Mark, this is the way I always do it. <laughs> for everything, triathlon, CrossFit, whatever. I, this is the way I always do it. It's like, yeah, I can do it. It's okay. in two weeks. I'll sign up. Do it and go and do it and push my hardest to get it done. And it's like, I'm so stupid. <laughs> so, <laughs> so stupid. Why? <laughs> it was a good feeling, though. Oh, that's awesome, though. It was a good feeling. And um, the probably the worst part of it was walking back to my vehicle, trying to find my vehicle. That was the worst part because oh at God. that point everything think you know is 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 really sinking in. You're getting cold. The endorphins are wearing off, and, and every pain, step sure. is painful. And you're still having to lug your gear around. Well, by that point, I dropped off because I ate you know, all the rice and beans I had. You donated, so I left it all there. But it was just the worst experience walking by myself back to my vehicle, and I was just like, it's horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> but I'm glad I did it though. Well, that's that's pushing yourself, and that's you know I think when people think about like oh look at what Mark did, 
I think a lot of people want to live a life like that, but how many people have the courage to do that? And, you know, for me, what I've always just wanted to be able to do it on my own. No matter what, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm having a good time in my 40s, and that's pretty much where I'm at. I, I think it could be people, better. The I think 30s it could get be... good, the 40s get better. And you're oh, right, they, totally. they always could be better, but it's what you make of it. Yeah, and I'm having, honestly, I'm having a really good time just because, you know, it's kind of like that quote, your, your, vibe, your vibe attracts your tribe. Your vibe I'm, attracts your tribe. I'm a one-man <laughs> wolf pack. <laughs> But no, I'm I, you know I, I'm making you know I've surrounded my myself with with people that I enjoy hanging out with with okay. my friends and I, I I've enjoyed myself circling back to what we're talking about about manifesting things and people, visualizing things. Yeah. If you're talking about you want your forties to be better, what do you want your forties to be? And let's visualize it and let's make it happen, right? Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, yes, life-wise, the way things, my lifestyle, I'm liking it. But right. it can always be better. It could always be better. I mean, cause, come on, you're, you're put, we're, we're pushing 50, and then 60, Ugh. and then, Ugh. God, okay. So, I mean, Ugh. there's always things I can do better. My heart hurts just a little bit talking about <laughs> I don't, this. I don't always, like, when it comes to, like, can diet just, and can exercise. Can I just say, I don't want to get any older. I just want to stop Can now. we stay? Can I, I wish I could now? stay in my 40s because I really, I'm really enjoying it. You know, like there's, there's. I'm a enjoying certain, more than my thirties. That's there's, weird. Yeah, me too. And there's like a certain confidence that comes with it, like especially professional-wise. All right, my stupid confidence has always been there. <laughs> but professional-wise, you know, I mean, you, you know, you, you've actually, you're actually the professional. You know, when you're in your twenties and you know you, you go into these jobs and you're in a professional position, you don't often have the knowledge or the confidence to do the job you're constantly learning and you know i'm at the age that if, if i you know see someone who is doing something better or you know does something a certain way i'm gonna learn what they're doing i have no i have no qualms with like right seeing what they do you know and i have no qualms and saying hey i'm not very good at that so <clears throat> teach me how to be better at this you know you got to take away <laughs> i'll see you doing it i'm like oh <laughs> You know, you know what my mindset is? I want to, I want to learn as much as yeah. I can to make okay. me a better professional. You know what you know what my mindset is? And this is, I don't know if this is good or bad. Oh, I'll God. see something somebody's doing and I'm like, I can do that. I want to, I want to do it better. Yeah. And I'm like, like, okay, I'll be at the gym and you know, maybe the gym's not the best example, but <laughs> I'll be like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to do it better than you. Did you say the I did because you know, that's what I say. And I, I do, I, I do that. And I'll be like. Fuck you, I'm going to do it better than you. Awesome. You know, and um, <laughs> sometimes I regret it because it hurts afterwards, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do better than you. That's all there is to it. And I don't know what it's going to take, but I'm going to figure it out. I think there's okay. It's okay. To... <laughs> maybe. Okay, you maybe learned, not, you not, learned, not, learned, not Maybe learned, not to that level. I do it. I don't know. You learned in a different way. You want to aspire to be better by not being taught, by just showing up the other. Oh my god! That uh, is hilarious. I love this conversation. Right? I need. I need to look up a an, another quote while you're making a dream, uh, or while you're making a drink here. I need some more tequila. Yes, I am making a dream. I'm making my dream come true here with my next drink. Oh my goodness, guys! Oh, I know, right? Oh. I don't throw my phone. I um, I think about like um, I heard this um, I heard this quote. Okay. And um. 
It's actually by Anthony Bourdain. Oh, I love. Well, I love Anthony um, Bourdain. Uh, you know, and you know who I heard it say it was um, Jocko Willings was reading a passage from um, um, Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain's book, and he says something like, "I want to live life. I want, you know, he, and I'm going to butcher this quote up, but he says something like, "I want to eat, you know, you know." I want to eat, you know, raw fish food and, and lo mein in, in, in the back alleys of Vietnam. I want to I wanna be in a Jeep as we fly through a checkpoint in, the, in Africa throwing cigarettes at the, at the check guards. Have you ever yeah. seen his show? I um, do. No Reservation? I do. Love I'm, show. I'm actually, so I'm great. actually working on something I, like that. Yeah. And I, I think that's something you and I are probably going to do here soon. But um, I love that I show. I like this. I like that quote about doing those things and he goes, I want to do this and I want to do that and I'm going to do it. Again, it speaks to me. It speaks to me in, in like such a primal level. Like, you know, I am... I, I think about what Anthony Bourdain does and I think about what so many people have done before or after. I want to see a war-torn country when there's bullets zipping by. I, I want to stay up all night drinking fine liquors and smoking cigarettes. I want to breathe in the love of, of a woman that just adores me more than life itself. I want to I wanna ride every wave on every ocean on the world. And I want to eat the most disgusting food made in people's backyards <laughs> over a hole in the ground. Whether it be in Mexico, United States, in a big city or in the country. You know, I, I, I want to do this all and I want to, you know, people say, you know, you know, go live well, live, go live and live well. But I don't want to just live well. I want to live hard. I want to do it balls to the wall hard. Yeah. I don't want to just, I don't want to just go and, and, and do something. I want to be that guy that let's jump out of the plane. You know what I mean? That's awesome. Let's, that, that's awesome. Let's 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 drive all night drunk, wake up in the beach in California and figure out, fuck, I only got ten dollars, how the hell are we gonna get home? Or wake up in Vegas and you know, with a group of guys that gamble their the the, 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 the car title to their vehicle away just to, you know, have money to gamble and trying to win the money back to win the car back the next day. You know, I want I wanna do those things, I wanna do it hard and it's gonna hurt and you know I want to do that and I want to do it hard. I think that's great. And um, I don't know what's because gonna, you want to experience I, life. I don't know what it's going to cost me to do it. And I don't mean and when I <laughs> it mean cost. Like, it sounds like it's, it, it's I, not well, money cost. It's not money cost. No, it's going to cost you a lot more than that. And um, I know, I know when I look now that I'm looking at the back end of my life, if we're on the top of the hill and we spent the first part of our life climbing up the hill. We should be able to look now and look towards the on the we're on the top of the mountain and we should look and we should be able to see the path before us now because we're looking down and we should even be able to see the valley at the very bottom where our life comes to end. And now it's up to us to say, like, how am I going to get there? Am I going to take the easy path down? Because every mountain has an easy path. Or am I going to do it like the day when I came climbing down the mountains here? Right, right. Totally found myself off path, and I had to jump from boulder to boulder and climb through the brush, and hold on for dear life in certain places. And 
am I going to remember every scrape and bruise and it's going to suck, but it's going to be freaking glorious. Well, sometimes, I mean... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, sometimes uh, taking those um, off-road adventures in life, you might actually discover something about yourself or might discover something that no one else has seen. I, I, think. I remember my first time going to New York. Yeah? Take, it's overwhelming. I, my buddy took me to the train station. He I'm said, this is how you're going to get this. You take this train, transfer to this train, and you're going to end up in, um, in Manhattan. And the train pulled into the, it was like midnight, or not midnight, but it was the last train going into Penn Station, came out underneath Madison Square Garden. And I remember just coming out, you know, you know, you, you know where we are when it's 11 o'clock here. There's traffic, but there's no one on the street. It's, it's but over down. there, it never sleeps. You come out and there's I've never been traffic. on that way, but yeah. And there's people and the girls are wearing high heels with their short skirts and there's noise and you smell 10 different foods cooking and... And then you're 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 surrounded by these monoliths, these these gigantic celestials of these buildings that are just surrounding you, and you can't just help but stop there and look at it. With my backpack in one hand, didn't know where to go, didn't know anyone. Hailed down a taxi driver that was from Pakistan. I remember he was told me he was from Pakistan, and he's like, "Where do you want to go?" I'm like, "I don't know. I don't know anybody here, but tell me what. Tell you what. Take me to a bar." What bar do you want to go to? Take me to a place that's just hopping. That's all I want to go. Yeah. And we'll just figure it out from there. And it was an adventure and it was glorious and it was awesome. But and you weren't afraid. A lot of people are afraid to do well, that Well, it's stuff. terrifying. Well, it is terrifying, but it's also very exciting. And when you, when you can do that, you know, I think a lot of it, I don't know, maybe I'm generalizing. I've come to discover that a lot of people have a hard time even just going and having dinner or going out and having a drink on their own. Or um, I've never wanted to be that person. I've always wanted to be that person to, if I want to go out and have a drink, I'm going to go out and have a drink. Or I'm going to go out and, you know, talk to someone or yeah. I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. And if you know, along in life, someone comes to do those things with me, that's great. But I've never wanted to be afraid to do those things. It's like, and I um, think that when you, you can get in that headspace, I think that, I think that it's, you can live the life that you want to live. Now, can I think bigger? Yes. We're talking about me making, you know, voice to men, whatever. All right. All right. Just an example, which is, can totally go the wrong way. I can totally <laughs> see this happening. Um, can't I just like no go on please you know yeah. let's not think small no Jeanette please don't think no, small no, go on no, please let me not think small please but you know you should live the life that you're comfortable mm. living and if you're comfortable living it that's great but also think about how you can be better mm -hmm. and expand that don't be afraid. Like Don't be afraid. And we're you, all afraid. You I'm know afraid what? too sometimes. You visualize it. There, but you there have is... to be able to do okay. the things that scare you. I think as a kid, I was always a dreamer. I was always daydreaming and I was always a dreamer. And some people, that might be bad because they always dream. But dreaming is a part of manifesting, right? Mm -hmm. You have to visualize it. What's great about dreaming is sometimes when you're a daydreamer, you see things with such clarity the way you want to do it. And you, you start to understand 
the things that are going to scare you and you can almost feel the butterflies in you. But then you know you should do it if it scares you. But you know, you know, you know, you, you in your mind you make that plan to make the next step. Do the things that scare you. Do the things that scare you, mm -hmm. right? And it's funny because we all have different fears. Oh, totally. Some people are afraid to talk to other people or talk in rooms and that's always, that was always the easy part for me. I don't, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm the talker. No, really? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, talking about like how you make... No. Do you have any more ice, you have any more ice there? Huh? Have any more I ice? don't. Oh, it's okay. I still have some ice. But yeah, it's like... um. You, As a kid, I was always a dreamer and daydreaming, and I was always daydreaming, but I think it, it kind of goes hand in hand with manifesting if you know how to use it to visualize. Cause I think part of manifesting is... Is that whole visualization if you can see it with clarity you're not going to make it happen exactly but it does give you a certain strength to move forward so if, go ahead go especially ahead. when you you dream of it and you visualize it in a certain way and maybe five steps out of the ten happen the way you think it's going to happen those five steps will be just enough to to push you on through the next part of it which you you, you can't anticipate you know? Well, and you know what's awesome about just having this conversation? We're talking about our 40s and it gets better. So for me, like, I love my 40s. I, I'm having, I love it. Um, if we're already having these, these ideas about manifestation, about the power of self-fulfilled prophecy, about visualization boards, and just knowing that you can be better, you can try to have a meaningful life or have some uh, live a life with purpose or intention um think about like now if we're happy with what we're doing so far can you imagine now that we're starting to incorporate this way of thinking where are we going to be in a year where are we going to be in two years you know it's i mean it's, i think it could only get better it's funny because i remember last podcast we were saying I, I said that quote um youth is wasted on the young yes and it's funny because when you're young you're vibrant. You have so much energy. You don't know what to do. You have strength. You have like physical strength. And, and, and you can go days without sleeping. You can do all this stupid crap, right? Oh, yeah. Like where in your 40s, as you get older, you have the willpower now. But you I have, have to be more thoughtful about my rest. I know, right? Right, yeah, exactly. I have to be more thoughtful about how I'm going to rest. 10, 15 years ago, you had that, you had that energy that you could go nonstop. Oh, totally. Whereas now, as you get older, you have the mindset for it, but you never had the mindset, and you never have you never have that 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 energy at the same time. Could you imagine how powerful you would be if you had the twenty the the, the strength and the energy of a twenty year old, and you had the mindset of you in your forties, where you're more focused and you could plan things out, and you had that willpower, and you put those together, you would be unstoppable. Oh my God! You know what I mean? Someone should have told me. I know. Well, <laughs> and it was funny, you know. My father, God rest my his soul. I, I think about the things my father says, and and I remember when he, I was a young and I was a kid, and I'm sure everybody's heard that something like this from the father at least once, maybe, or something like that. But he would say like, he's like, you don't believe me now, but one day you're gonna you're gonna think like, how did he know? Yeah. And he would tell me like things back when I was kid, like, oh, what do you know? He's like, oh, when I was your age, or I could do this, or or listen to me. And I was like, what do you know? And in hindsight, it's like, God bless it, that man he knew. Right. He was right. He was right. 
And I and I, then I think about him being 18 years old, going to the Marines, going to fight in Korea, and talk about overcoming your fears because it's literally life and death and you're in the butthole of the world where it's freezing, everybody hates you, and it's miserable, and you're just a kid and you have to overcome that because if not, you'll die. Yeah, that's a lot to handle at such and, a young age. And there's not precision killing weapons at that age. At that age, at, at that time in you know in the fifties, at the at the hand, end and the end of World War Two, going to World War Three, um, or in the, the Korean your conflict, enemy, even with a gun, you're still facing okay. your enemy with a gun. So you have to overcome so much. You have to overcome so much, and there has to be so like a certain will to survive, to to overcome that. And it's. It was just a different time. Yeah. Different time and different people. What was that one saying that we had said long in one of our earlier podcasts? Like, hard times make hard men. Hard men make good times. Good times make soft men. Soft men makes bad times. Oh, I like it. I don't remember it, but of course we've we've had many drinks since then. So. <laughs> we've had a so. lot of scotch, a lot of tequila <laughs> since then. And I mean, I'll drink to that. Mm. Yeah. This reposado, this reposado is going down good. Yes, these drinks are mm. good, and we had a feeling it would. Oh my God, I needed it. But um, yeah, you know, you think about that, and and it goes with our topic now about you know manifesting that. And then I think as I've gotten older, like one thing that's really struck me is you know manifesting and putting your mind to something, and not only just putting your mind to something, but the thoughts you you fill your head with. The words you say, the words you commit to pay paper, mm-hmm. the words have power. Oh, totally. And I, I believe that so much more than now than I ever have. Like, I've never been a, a guy to say, I can't do it or I'm not sure. I mean, maybe I said I'm not sure or I'll figure it out. But I've never been someone to say I can't. But I figure, I think back to the people that say like, I can't do it or, or you know what I mean? And it's like. When you're young and you're thinking about it, somebody says you can't, you're like, oh, all right, whatever. But now in hindsight, it's like even the words you say and you utter, whether you utter them with power or force or whether you say them under your breath, the words have so much power. Like, you know, you talk about your vibes. Your vibes are, are come from your, your mindset. Yes. The way you think creates the vibes and your vibes create your tribe, like you're saying. But yeah. the words that you put out there in the world have such power. It's just like the same thing. They're just like a magnet. And if you utter these words, I can't do it. I don't know how. I can't. Or it's impossible. If and you're you, going to be in that negative headspace. If you say it. Totally. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it puts your mind there and you're not going to be able to do it. Absolutely. People are their own worst enemies. People are people, their own worst, you guys, worst enemies. I mean, this is what it comes down to. It's like, you hold yourself. People hold themselves back. I hold myself. I've held myself back. I've, you know, and this is something that you have to continue to work on. This is, this isn't, you have to just keep living your best life. Just be in that positive headspace. Continue to remember, like, I like Dario. I loved, I love that. Mm. You know, living a life of intention, meaningful life. I love it because anything for me, I'm at a point where, you know, but the but the is, problem is it goes back to what we just said. Um, youth is wasted on the young, and when you're young, you don't know what living your best life is. You don't know what intention is. You don't know the the meaning behind the 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 why behind it. Yeah, you're not grateful for it yet. 
Maybe some people are. I'm not. You know, I can't say everybody. I also but, think it comes with maturity, though. I oh mean, yeah, without total. a doubt. Without dang a doubt. Dang it! Dang it! Why can't you be mature at the age of twenty? Right. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> and I think there are people that do. I think there are people that that they're put in situations where they have to they have to step up to the mantle and they lace up their bootstraps and they get stuff done and something kicks them in the ass and they and they do it. Yeah. But for the rest, and the other ninety nine percent of us. We're just going to college parties and drinking all night and worrying about getting laid. And does that girl like me? And what am I going to wear? Listen, Talk about I, priorities. I lived, being I, yeah, I totally wasted my 20s. My, my priorities were super jacked up. And it wasn't until my 30s that I realized that. Then my 40s, I'm like, oh my gosh, I wasted so much time. I, I, I wasted I, a lot I of time. I remember I was talking to this girl and she says, I wouldn't change a thing. And I think about a lot of people that say, I wouldn't change a thing. And all I could think of is like, really? I remember you telling me this before. And I, I can kind of see why she said that. But go ahead. Continue. I mean, for me, my, I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong. My no, 20s no. were great. No, no, no. Every yeah. night was a party and every night was exciting and all that. But also, 10 years of your life, 3,650 days of your life and every moment, I mean... Those 10 years of when you have the most energy, the most drive, the most stamina. Could have been better wasted on something more positive. could have been better wasted. Yeah. But I think that when people say stuff like that, if they didn't experience those things, they feel like they want to become the person that they are now. Yeah. So, and, and there might be some truth to that. If you didn't make those mistakes, then it wouldn't have led you to today. Right. If you wouldn't have done what you did back mm -hmm. then and live your life, it, you wouldn't be you right now. And I think that that's, you know, in a I sense, think, uh, maybe when that's... They, when they cracked the egg that I came out of, I was kind of already like that. <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs> oh, my goodness. So... <laughs> When I was hatched, when, when, was the hatched. Sto when the stork dropped me off at my parents' house. <laughs> so someone needs to have a conversation with you about how you came to be. The birds and the bees? You know, you know, we'll let your mom handle that. <laughs> oh, Lord, no. If it were still up to my parents, I'd I'd still be waiting to meet the one and, and get some action if it was you up know, to them. <laughs> and it, it's funny because, I mean, I think... I'm, and I could be wrong, but just because, okay. I'm okay, gonna no, say, hold on. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. We're Hispanic. Okay. We're Hispanic. Say it. So, say it. And this can be with anybody. I mean, why am I? I'm so, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. You. That's okay. Anyway. But no, it could be with anybody. I mean, sometimes cultural, the way you're brought up. Sometimes oh, yeah. it's based on culture, your culture, religion. But with Hispanics, <laughs> if any of you all know with Hispanics, they're very, um, you know, like, I still, very old-fashioned. I still remember my father having a talk with me about the birds and the bees. I don't very know. Very old-fashioned. I didn't know if he had that talk with my siblings. A lot of traditions. A lot of family but traditions. But I remember being, like, in high school, my dad telling me, like, when, he's like, you know, you're kind of young now, but I'll let you know, you know, like, you know, when it's appropriate to, like, you know, have relations. And, 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 and at that point, he already knew I've had relations. I was, I was hitting it, and he already, and he knew it, and and I knew he didn't know how to have that conversation with me, and I remember just like, are we really having this talk? And he's like, and I remember he just he couldn't do it, but he was like, I'll just let you know when it's cool, and when it, when when you're when you're old enough, and you can handle it. I'll, I'll let you know, and I'm like, well, 
by golly, if it's up to my father, I wouldn't have had sex till like my middle 30s. No, you probably wouldn't have. Well, it's funny because like traditionally, that's <laughs> oh probably the way he was brought up. No, I don't think so. No? I, I think... Is it just parents or is it... Do you think it's the Hispanic culture? At the, this point, is this it's older. Is The older I've gotten... Okay, so my mother's Mexican. My dad, my dad's, you know, grew up here in the states, but he's strongly influenced from that that culture. And the more I think about it, the more I see my siblings, the more I see myself, and the more I learned about my father because I've I've heard about my father's story, my mother and father. I've heard their story from my mom now. I've heard it from my father. I've heard it from my grandparents. So I've heard everybody's everybody's side everybody's of the story. Take. And the more I hear about it, the more I'm like, our our parents were exactly like us just like 60 years ago. Maybe they didn't have the internet. Maybe they couldn't, they weren't like on what is it, Tinder. They weren't swiping right. But they were living a life pretty damn similar to us 60 years ago. Just as scandalous, making just the same dumb decisions. And <laughs> it's all very hush-hush. But it's all hush hush. But isn't our scandal today very hush hush? No, it's not. It's on it's on Instagram. <laughs> and it, and yeah, it's, I'm so happy it's, that it's on Facebook. I mean, it's out there now. Whereas back then, you know, you didn't have cell phones and you know you had to have a communal phone where you you, you operator through um number three sixty one, please. Yeah. Okay, I'll connect you. You know, you know, and my dad talks to me about having to call the switchboard. Oh my gosh. And you had to give him the house number and he's like, Operator three fifty one. It was funny because he was telling me about this operator that had the most beautiful voice he said. She, her voice was just so sexy by itself and it was just so beautiful. Yeah, he loved calling thing. the operator and he would talk to her for a minute and he goes, yeah, connect me to like this, the, you know, 361, 155, whatever. And she'd connect them and that's back when you had to pull the cable out and connect to that's that crazy. and they'd be like, you've got a call from da 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 and she'd connect them and they'd start talking on the like, hey, what's going on, da 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 you know? And um, so he says like, one day I asked her out. He's never seen this woman. It might as well be the internet. It was the internet of their time, the oh telephone. My gosh. Like and a blind date. Like a blind date. Blind he date. fell in love with her beautiful, sexy, just enticing voice. Just drawing him in. Uh-huh. And he and he says he he meets her up, he takes her out to dinner, and he's like, Oh my god. She was just as plain Jane. Nothing phenomenal about her as can be. And he said it was, he was so disappointed, but he took her out. He treated her nice. They went to dinner. He didn't give me the details. I'm sure there's more than that to it that he left out. Oh, he's not good. And, and he didn't tell me how many times they went out or anything, but he said they did go out. But he said, like, he was just like, I could still hear her. But man, I just wish I could have, like, not had met her. I wish I just only knew her by her voice. Oh, he... His dream was killed. His dream was killed. Mm. <laughs> my father. I don't. I don't know if he's ever told that to my siblings or anything like that. But I, I'll never forget that story of him telling me like she had the most beautiful. Well, if your siblings voice. ever watch this podcast, I think they now know the story. They now know. <laughs> they now know that happened to my dad. My dad got got he he got suckered in by the tin. He got catfished by the <gasps> by the by the Tinder of his age. The switchboard. Oh, that was that was the that was a, old. That catfish. was like that was old school catfishing. That was that was the old school oh my catfish. Gosh. Didn't know what he had. So tell me more about yourself. And she's on the other line. Well, I'm 
you know, I'm five four and da 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 da. And he's like, and you know, he's all holding the the bike. You know, he has the receiver here. He's like, oh wow, please tell me more. Oh my god. <laughs> I love that story. Oh my god. I love it. I love that story. My You're dad got my, my dad got catfished. I am um, Old fashioned catfish, I like it. You know what's funny is um and this is probably true for everybody, but um I never realized like how much I loved my father and how much I appreciated it till he was gone and um I was telling this Devlin but uh I didn't. I don't talk to my dad every day. I never talk to my mom every day. I'll go weeks without talking to them. But there's just such security knowing they were there. Yeah. I knew at any point during the day I could just go talk to him. And we'd sit in the garage, and we'd talk. And he'd have his cheap beer, Keystone, for a while, and he'd be smoking Winston and telling me something. And, um, you know, I miss that. And, uh, before he, uh, before he finally wasn't very audible when he could talk anymore, mm -hmm. you know, um, the last thing he said to me when we were in the garage and he's still smoking his cigarettes and he died two weeks later, but, uh, the last thing he could really clearly say to me was, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of you. And uh, he says, you know, you've got the bull. You've got it by the horns. He goes, don't ever let go. He says, don't ever let go. You've got the bull by the horns. Don't ever let go. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And um, and I know when it started. I know when that line of conversation started. You knew that he well, didn't have a lot of time, did you? No, well, at that moment, no, but... um. I remember when I was um, 17, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's, if you pay attention to your parents, you can see when your parents change in life. Just like if you pay attention to your phases of your life and you look back, you see when you change. I know when mm -hmm. I changed, I was 28 going on 29, but I remember I was 17 and I wanted to play football so bad. And I, I always wanted to play football in my senior year of high school and I wanted to play at least one year of football. And I didn't tell my dad I was already going to football practice. I didn't tell him that I was trying out for the team. Jim Bradley, the coach here, um, he says, um, he pulls me aside and he goes, you don't have a lick of athleticism about you. You don't know anything about football. And Bradley says, you know what, though? You just don't know when to quit. And he says, uh, I like you. And just because you don't know when to quit and you don't know when to stop, I'm going to let you play with us. Wow, that's awesome. That's and amazing. so I was cleaning chili in the back of the house. Jalapenos, cleaning the little heads off the jalapenos. My dad comes out and he says, um, so you want to play football? I said, yeah. And at that point, I was still very young, very timid, Mark. I hadn't come out of my shell yet. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And he says, you know, you're going to take away from the family business. You Everybody's going to have to pick up your work and all that. And, uh, you know, you owe us. You want to do this? Well, you do it. But you owe us because... Uh, we're going to we're gonna give you the time to do it. Mm -hmm. like, and I was like, oh, God, I don't have to do cut grass or something. He goes, you know what? Every day you go out, and he tells me this. He goes, you go, every day you go out there, so I want you to remember that. And you give them hell every day. That's amazing. 
That's really and, good. Um, yeah. If there's like a de- if there's defining moments in my life, that's one of them. Like that's probably the one moment that really set the course for the next 25, 30 years of my life was yeah. my dad telling me, give him hell. Yeah. To the moment when he died and he says, you've got the bull by the horns, you don't let it go. And um, I've done a lot of stupid shit and I've done a lot of stuff and I don't think I'm even done writing my book yet. But um, he put me on this path and fuck, it's been crazy. And, you know, people say, you don't know when to stop, Mark. My dad didn't teach me anything about stopping. He just told me. And ever since I've known you, I've never known you to Mm. stop either. You've never stopped. Yeah, you've never stopped. So, stay up till one in the morning and wake up at five because you don't want to miss a moment of life. But you don't stop. And uh, I don't. Youth is wasted on the young. And you don't know what you have and you don't know. Like, you think your parents are dumb and, like, what do they know and whatnot. But, man, my dad, he. uh, Oh, absolutely not true. Our parents. They the, knew way more than we it's could like, understand. It's like they, they have a they have you and yeah. you're like a snowball and they make a snowball and they're on the mountain and they set you on your way and they it's like a snowball rolling down a hill and they just set you on your way and you start becoming this avalanche. And the avalanche that this this avalanche is power of life that doesn't stop and that's all consuming and destroys everything in front of it all started from a snowball that your parents set, you know, put on the ground and they just gave you that shove. You know? Yeah. 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 And, um, but it's funny, like, it's just funny, like, how it comes to full circle. And you think about the way you think now and the, the, the energy you put out there. I would have never have correlated my thought process to my parents i always thought i was just a stubborn old mule but as i gotten older i think like yeah they they he sent me on his way by my way and the way i think and the way i visualize and take control of things it all started from there and i know a lot of people may not have that may not have their father maybe raised by their mom or vice versa and maybe some people have to figure on their own because they don't have that example and that's tough i i feel for them because cause visualizing your life is hard. And then and then putting it out there in the universe and, and making it happen is even harder. And hopes and dreams and wishes are great because you need those goals and you need, you need something to strive for. You need to manifest it. But you also have to put the work behind it. Absolutely. And I think that maybe that's where people move. Well... Most people are at. They, I think, sometimes we're held back by how we're raised or how we were brought up, or yeah. and we think we can't go forward. But if anything, that's it's, something that you know. That's no. I think that either you, some people's upbringing is is either going to be good or bad. Yeah. And if it's good, then great because you, you're a step ahead. Yeah. You know, but if you, it's it's bad, well, then you're going to have a tougher challenge because you have to basically, like, overcome that barrier of, like, 
realizing that maybe that was a bad upbringing and overcoming that yeah. and then not only t on top of that is figuring out what you want to do but um but it's possible though it is totally possible it's always but, possible but you know um it was, it was my friend levi yeah my friend levi he says um I, I i don't remember the exact quote of this quote you can learn from one teacher right the person in front of you the person guiding you or you can sure or you can open up a book and you can read you can read 10 books and you can have 10 teachers do you know what i mean yeah that's cool you can open a book and you can have 10 teachers you know you're you're only limited by your own desire and your your own well, I, like I said, I think that we limit ourselves. I really truly believe that we are our own worst enemies. If you believe you, if you don't think you can do it, then you're not going to do it. You and who? and it doesn't mean that. I mean, I have all the answers. It just means that, you know, I. You know, try there, to figure it out there, too, and I, 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 I figured out that there is some. There's two good guys out there. Good, good help. Two guys I really I really like in history. Hmm. And you know me, I can always talk about history, but uh, oh, I know there's you. two guys in history that I like. One was Teddy Roosevelt, uh -huh. Theodore Roosevelt, and the other was Woodrow Wilson. Yeah. And, and these were guys like Teddy Roosevelt, like, wanted to live a life of adventure. Yes. So he went out there, he'd go boxing, and he'd go live on the frontier, and... Go hunt. And, That's, you, I think, you know, a lot of people see this. When, when the Spanish-American War happened, he did not want to let, uh, let that pass by without living the adventure. And he, um, I think he was in public office. I don't remember. And he resigned his position in public office to join the military to lead the Rough Riders. Rough Riders. I don't know if you know. Do you know where the Rough Riders no, came I from? Know I do know do you the know, Rough Riders. Do you know where they're from, though? Where, they, where that group of men came from? No. They came from New Mexico, did primarily. They? The Rough Riders were primarily from New Mexico because the landscapes of the southwest United States resembled that most of Cuba. So they had men over here training on horseback and military tactics. So they would go to Cuba and fight in the Cuban environment because it was so it resembled this part of the United States so much. So funny that New Mexico is used for a lot of military training. So funny it's used for a lot of military <laughs> training. Even today. But even Teddy today. Roosevelt, he had no fears balls to the wall and um when he lost his child and his wife he didn't want i mean he handled it in his own way but he went out into the front into the frontier and lived on lived a, um, a, a an exciting life to help him get past that you know the, that grieving process but he he was he was definitely somebody that wasn't going to live life slept away from him he went and did stuff and then woodrow wilson is a guy and i read this somewhere about him writing his memoir, memoirs, mm -hmm. memoirs, memoirs, before, almost like before they happened, he said, I want to do this. I want to be in the military. I want to go fight in World War One. I, I want to go be, I want to go, um, I want to go, you know, fight the, the Huns and all, whatnot, and I'm going to go lead them in battle and whatnot. And his, you know, the, the line of England, this man was very much like, yeah, I mean, talk about manifested. He talked about how great he was going to be and he did it. And he always had that visualization of who he was going to be. And when the opportunity, the time was right and the opportunity was there, he was already ready because he saw it. 
he had already saw it. He was writing about it in his memoirs already that he was going to do it. So was it, was it, was it an accident that he was there leading the forces in Gallipoli with the Anzacs? That Gallipoli is in Turkey down on the, on the invasion of, of, of Turkey during World War I. And then um, was it an accident that he was the prime minister during World War II? I don't think so because he already knew that he was going to be great and he he knew that he was going to do those things. This man that that would that go up you know the this big bell tower or something and watch the German fighters come in and yell at them as they came in while the anti-aircraft guns in England were firing. And he was an old man. The Lion of England, world you know um, Churchill, uh, Winston Churchill. Mm-hmm. The men that we. I don't want to say we'll never see again, but we won't see him again in our lifetime. You know, Teddy Roosevelt, Churchill, Patton. No, we won't. Men that weren't afraid to like, they lived and they lived with purpose. Mm, the Margaret and Thatchers of the world. The Margaret Thatcher of the world. <laughs> um, yeah. They, 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 they were, they, it was like they were, they almost envisioned their life and they lived it that way. You know. Well, that's that's totally inspiring, and that's what, if anything, if anything, I hope that anyone who watches this, like, I hope it gets them to think about like life and how much time we have left. Words have power. Your thoughts have power, and everything you put out there, like you say, you know, we I think the um, a, a popular word we use now is this word vibes. The oh, vibes. Yeah. The vibes. Uh, yes, your vibe attracts your tribe. It's but, so true. You know, but what does that really mean? When I think about your vibe attracts your tribe, okay. it, your, your, the energy that you're putting out there I in the world. I put it to the side. I'm a man of science and I believe in science. Human beings, just like the Matrix says, we are little batteries. <laughs> we are little electrochemical batteries. We have electrolytes with us. Sodium, potassium changes and whatnot. There's electricity that runs in us. I'm not thinking about the energy that we're actually putting no, out. No, 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 no. Hold I'm on. About, hold on. Okay. Let me finish okay. this. So there's energy. Okay. Okay. We have energy. There's energy in our brains. There's oh, like, totally. Like you think about the neurons, the synapses. There's literally electric sparks between the synapses that are that are electrochemical. By the chemicals being released between the synapses, they cause a snap of like a, almost like a spark plug to happen, and you know the signals get connected. And what you know, if you if you study enough chemistry or electrical engineering or physics, what do you know about energy? Energy Can creates. Frequencies. Okay. Frequencies. Radio frequencies or whatnot. Mm-hmm. You're creating frequencies. And so why is it when you're in a good mood and the energy that you have in your head, this little battery that you are, you're in a good mood, you're creating these frequencies. What's oh, a frequency? It's like a vibe. You think it about is. what's a vibe? A vibe's like you're creating a vibe and when you have a certain vibe, you're attract people are attracted to that vibe. Absolutely. So it's and it it it, it kind of reminds me of a situation, and I'll always remember this. And this is where I started to realize that, yes, the power of positive thinking, it actually makes a difference. Because if you're a person, and I re, I'll always remember this, there was a conversation. There was like it, it was like last year. It was like November, December. I was like totally in a negative hate headspace. 
And we had, I, we were I, talking. I couldn't imagine you in a negative headspace too much. <laughs> I, I, and I, was I couldn't just imagine. Like, I was like, F this. I'm not even going to say the F word. Whoa. I was like, F this, F that. Whoa. And I was just like, oh, I'm so done. Uh, 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 I'm just, you know, just like hating everything. Again, I can't imagine you <laughs> hating everything. You're the most non-hateful person. Right. But I, I was having like a totally bad day, which everyone does. Everyone has these bad days. Can't imagine you and a I bad day. I just remember just like venting. And then just thinking in my mind, you know, the, you, that whole term, energy, energy vampire. If you go into a room where people are just super negative and then you're listening to everything, they Sapsis. suck. They suck all of your energy out of you, right. and you walk out so tired it's like and drained. You're you're a battery full of energy, and, and you have they all these little. It. You have these energy batteries that are negative. They and have they low energy, it. and they just draw they it from you. They took it, and and I felt like by me unleashing my bad vibes, a bad conversation with you for like an hour, or God knows how long Ugh. this was, and I felt so bad. And I realized, I was like, oh my God, this is where I became self-aware. I'm like, I was... That a, sounds like a term from the Matrix. That oh my God. I Jeanette, so, I, Jeanette I was took so, the red pill and she became self-aware. I did. And that was the most self-aware I've ever become. I was like, oh my God, my poor friend, he's just, we're talking. And, and then all of a sudden I'm like, la, 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 la. And then he was all like, okay, well, bye. <laughs> I remember, like, I am so sorry. I like, I was like an energy vampire, Ugh. and I am so sorry. Like, and it made me realize it's like it is very draining because I've been in that situation. You know, it's funny. I remember that for me, it's a turning point. I don't know if you've noticed about me when I talk to people though. There mm. gets the moment when I'm done. Like sometimes I talk to people. And we're talking, we're talking, and there comes to a moment in our conversation over the, like, however time, much time has gone by, mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm just done. I can't do it. I was like, I've got to go. I've got to hang up. I've got to go. And it's weird because I do feel like I have a lot of energy. Yeah. And, and you're I, very, you're a very energetic person. Oh, wow. I'm like, very energetic. Jazz hands. I, jazz hands. Jazz hands. <laughs> so like the, oh my gosh, that's how much vodka just happens. So. Whoa. Whoa, I know. So hey, don't gonna, fall off your stool. No, totally. I won't. Uh -huh. I really won't. I'm holding on tight. But, but it's no, funny but though, like thinking of that, like I don't, I don't think people intend to be energy vampires. You're a battery. And so when you talk to people, like when I talk to people, there always comes a point when I feel like I'm done mm -hmm. and it's like, um. Maybe people don't intend to be energy vampires. Maybe they don't know they're doing that. But sometimes they are. And you're like, you try to help them, give them information, converse. And then it just gets to that moment where like, I've got to disengage. I am done. Well, because they're going to drain you from everything. <laughs> and your life source is oh. like, oh my God. Oh, Jeanette. What? I'm going to go out into left field here. Oh, okay. Talking about energy and all that. Ready? Going out and yeah, we saw her. Yeah. Uh, no, going out talking about energies and just all these, this stuff that you can't see and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, do you remember our very first podcast? Oh yes. We were like we had a we had a preface that first podcast that we oh. were not like ghost hunters and yes, this our, is not a paranormal podcast and all our, that. Our ghost hunting. Yeah. Oh, are we going back to that? Is there an update? Yeah, I, you just, you just, you just, you just, I'm sorry, bum, 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 bum. Okay, so what is the so end? What is the I'm, end? I'm sorry, I don't mean to like go off the left no, field, I, I, but you brought this out. So we have this little old cleaning lady. Okay. Okay. 
And one day she pulls me aside. And I, I don't know if I told you this yet. She, I think you may have, but I think no one else knows it. So, so she pulls me aside. The, my, my, you know, my staff's like, hey, the clean lady wants to talk to you. It's really important. Da, da, da. So I finally go and talk to her. And, you know, she's telling me in Spanish. And For some reason, these stories, when, like, you have a little old lady telling you Spanish, it's just, like, that much more enthralling and impactful. It's like... And not only that... It's like an old... It's like, it's like a, it's like a Mexican telenovela. You're just like, ay, Dios de mi vida. Yes. And, um... No, it's mi culpa. <laughs> and she's telling me this and she's like, she's clean. Oh, she has two stories to tell me. Okay. So the first one is. I'll tell you the first one. Sec I'll tell you the second one. Okay. The second one is just happened like a week or two ago. <gasps> and she says, nobody was here in the building. I'm like, okay. And goes, and you guys had brought donuts. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, you know, the insurance guy came and brought us donuts. She goes, so, you know, I asked, you know, the one of the girls before they left, hey, can anybody get a donut? They're like, you know, oh, see, you know, sure, go get a donut. There's little plates there. It's going on donut. Go get your donut or whatever. And she said she was so happy. She got her donut. She put, took a bite of it. She put it on the plate and she left it on the little table. And she went to go clean the other part of the building. She said, everybody left. And she goes back to the kitchen because she goes, Ay, mentajola, donuts. Estaba tan rico. She was craving the. She was craving it again after she cleaned the other part of the building. She says she goes to the kitchen and she said, the plate, the donut, everything, gone. And she says she went looking all over the building for it. She's like, but I know I left in the kitchen. And she goes, it was gone. And she goes, and with everything that's happened to her, she's like, okay, I'm done. Put oh, things so away. She, so she's, I mean, she's already experienced some unexplained situations yeah. in your building yeah. because. So the first experience. So not did the anyone, first, wait, do, did we confirm that anyone threw her donut away? Um, the, the people that, um, that were, you know, that told me about it also said that they all said like we all left and see, you know, I mean, they're all just confirming it, but she said it was gone and she was the last one there. She set the alarm and left afterwards. So the story before that, though, the first story, which happened like two, three weeks beforehand. Oh, yeah. She said she was coming around to my office or she was cleaning down the hall or something. And she turned around and to go to my office. And as she faced my office, she said she saw a woman dressed in all white. Walk all white, and she is very clear. She said the bottom of the dress was jagged because the bottom of the dress was red flowers. Oh, weird. And as, as that woman walked out, she just walked out of my office and went through a wall. <gasps> was it the wall that went down to the basement? No, no, because well, yeah, that wall, but the basement's over here, and here's my wall. Okay. So there's not like you come out of my office, there's the basement. No, 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 no. There's like a wall there. Okay, and that goes against everything that we were talking about in the first episode because we thought it was the owner. Yeah. So who is this Who yeah. is this woman? I don't know. So, and then just like two days ago. <gasps> there's more. There's more. Oh my God, I'm so excited. What have, you ever, have you ever heard like when you see paranormal activity... A lot of times you catch it from the peripherals of your eyes. Yes. So there's and something about not, that. Yeah. You catch it on the peripherals. I'm working away at my desk and my door's to my left. And I'm working away. I see something like curtains. Like just blowing in the wind right here. And just kind of go past me like that in the hall. 
And I and I remember like just stopping, like looking, and nothing was there. And I'm, and you know, if I was that little Mexican lady, I'd be, I Dios de mi vida, I'd run a church, I'd say ten Hail Marys, I'd be like putting my donuts away, I'd be freaking out. And I remember I just sitting there, I leaned back in my chair, and I just started laughing. Oh my gosh! And I was like, wow, wow. She didn't want me to see her, but she knows she wanted me to know she was there. That's all I could think. That's all I could. That's all I could think. But I just saw in the corner of my eyes. And um, and then um, this lady that I work with walks in, and I'm just like la- sitting there laughing, and I'm looking at the door. And she and she when she walks, she goes what? And I'm just look. I just looked at her. She goes what? And I thought I just thought I saw something walk by like curtains in the wind. And she goes, oh. and she she goes and she goes maybe it was like a, a paper out in the hall or on the wall or something. She goes walks out there and goes there's no papers pinned on the wall. There's no draft of air. There's no wind that makes something go. Whoosh. I just got a kick out of it. How exciting! That it was, was exciting so, to me. So what? What? This is what's really exciting about this whole thing is that we started off with this paranormal, paranormal <laughs> yeah experience, and it's going to continue probably for the next your podcast because there's going to be updates so now i just you're going to have to do the legwork who is this lady i don't know in your office so you know whether people believe or not believe or people know the history of not depending where they're at i mean i mean the united states as a whole is a very ancient land you know it is a lot of of ancient it's a very ancient land yeah new mexico in particular is very ancient like they say, the, uh, I mentioned this before, the Clovis culture and all that. Those fragments from the Clovis culture were found in New Mexico. That you know, hence the name Clovis. We have Clovis, New Mexico, and people inhabited this part of the true world for lots mm-hmm. of times. I don't know if you know. Um, do you know, um, like the um, the Aztecs, Tenochtitlan? Do you know where they came from? They came from a land called Aztlan, which was north of Mexico. What's north of Mexico? New Mexico, well, Arizona. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There were a, a wandering tribe of people that went down to Mexico and settled there in Mexico City back then, calling it Tenochtitlan. It's called the Aslan of Aztlan. This is called Aztlan. It's um, hundreds of years old. There's been hundreds of people here. Um, the Mesilla Valley, the river runs through here. Wherever there's water, you have people, civilizations, and all that. So it's a very ancient land. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows, right? Nice. It's really interesting. I am almost kind of thinking we need to have a follow-up. Uh, I think we need, we need to have a follow-up show. Well, what's curious is um, a co-worker of mine saged the office. Oh. The banging went away. <gasps> Just so you know, FYI. Give me your FYI, Jeanette. Okay, FYI. FYI me. Do it. With the old building, that well, the current building that I'm at, but, you know, we're not... Mm-hmm there together but the current building that I'm at when I moved into my office because mm-hmm. of the activity that was in my office yeah I had a pastor go in and bless it really yeah because of the former manager was saying all of these weird things were happening in that office like he would lock the door and he'd come back things would be knocked over it would be a mess wow so when I took that position I <laughs> I wow. had a pastor come in and bless the office, and we prayed. And yeah. that's curious. And I never had those experiences. What a what a I've curious. had a little. I've had some trickery. 
maybe one time at trickery. Somebody was messing with that, you? Uh, yeah, it's like my um, USB was missing from my mouse, but I it's so funny because like my mouse didn't work one day. And then I was like, what the heck? So I went to the back of my computer, you know, like the... Yeah. And it was gone. The, the <laughs> USB was gone. I was like, oh, jerk. I'm like, son of a mm. con, you know? Like, what the hell? You know... And then I took a picture of it, and then I had another person like, hey, do you see the little USB connection to my wireless mouse? Mm -hmm. Like, be a it's witness. That, it's that little USB little, Bluetooth little attachment yeah, that you yeah. plug in that lets your mouse work by yeah. USB, yeah. And I was like, be a witness. I have a feeling this thing is going to come back. But it was interesting because, like, my office was locked. Wow. So, others, okay, so, of course, of course, you know, someone either had a key. That would be me. On me which that would you, be me. But it wasn't even during the time that you were there, so it could oh, have. So I had to uh, eliminate. I wish it was me. I wish it yeah, was me. it could have been you. Could have been me. I was projecting. But no, but no. So, in and high school, it, God, it reappeared. There was a man named Warren Cup, big man, mm -hmm. big, big old white, white old white man. He always wore gloves. Sweetheart of a man, kind of a big teddy bear. He was an old man. He's already passed away. God rest his soul. But uh, Warren Cup, Mr. Cup, and uh, I'll never forget. He saved a, a, a volume of books called "How Green Was My Valley." Valley, and. Um, um, it was a good book. I really got into it. I learned a lot from him in that book. How Green Was My Valley. Mm -hmm. And um, about a kid, you know, Welsh, the mines, people dying, you know, just going, you know, growing to adulthood. Really good book. And one of those books that they don't teach in school no more, but How Green Was My Valley. How fun. But um, one day it was talking about like things like, because um, you say trickery, right? Yeah, trickery. Talks about like things in life, like good luck charms and all that. And he's talked about how like you always have good luck when you find a penny with his heads up. Yeah. Right? I mean, we've all heard that. Yeah. You find yeah. a penny and his heads up, it's good luck. Yeah. So we started uh, like we were a bunch of shits. The people <laughs> in my class, they would, the guys would get a penny, they'd put it heads up and they'd slide it underneath the door where he would find it eventually. Or in Mr. Cup, he was so awesome. He'd eat, he'd always ate a sandwich every day. He'd fall asleep at his desk. Oh, you know. And uh, sometimes I remember one student even said like, "He's like, oh, that Twinkie looks good." And he'd be like, "Oh, here, he could have the other one." You Aww. know. He, um, he had a story once where there was a cheerleader trying to lose weight, and he would sell donuts for selling for some fundraiser. And she'd be like, uh, he said, this this cheerleader wanted the donut so bad. And he said, no, 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 no. These these are healthy donuts. Remember what your science teacher says about when you heat things up and all the calories and all the molecules condense in the middle? He goes, well, these donuts, they heat them up and they cut the middle out so all the calories would come out of them. Oh, my god! And he got her to buy like three of them and she ate them all happy as could be because he wanted her to lose weight. Or she thought she was going to lose weight. He just wanted her to be happy. That's the kind of guy he was. He had an interesting experience. I'll tell you in a minute. But um, we were always um, sliding pennies under his door. And he says, I found a penny. And on the way home, I found $20 for gas. And he's like, it was just so great. And, oh, my God. Is that self Right. Prophecy right. right there. So maybe like a month later, we were doing this all the time. <laughs> like maybe like a month later or so, he says, Well, 
me and my wife were trying to you know save money for retirement and uh, something about free financing i don't remember the whole story but it had to do with money and he's he's like you know um whole thing about this pennies with the heads up he goes you know um it's amazing and we're all just listening and he's telling us the story we didn't know if we were gonna have enough money set aside for the house payment we needed this much money and he says man I found a penny with a heads up and we were all half snickering. We're like, <clears throat> and he says, I picked up that penny and I thought, man, it's going to be a good day. He, and like I say, big, big guy, you know, a little pot belly on, like not big, but, but a big guy. And he's like, he's just a really kind smile. And he says, um, I just knew it was going to be a good day. He said, I found that penny, penny up and, uh, and, uh, me and my wife were worried about money and all that. And it just, I didn't, you know, he's like, I, I don't know, just something was good because it's going to come out of this. He said, we got a check in the mail from such and such that we didn't know existed, that they owed us money. And it was more than enough money to cover our house payment. And he says, my lucky penny. And I remember like, I remember just sitting there just thinking, I don't know about everybody else because we, like, we were a bunch of little jerks. But I remember just thinking like, what just happened? We were trying to be like little tricksters, so these pennies because yeah. he talked about it, and like it happened, and I was like, Burr. "But was it? Was he? Did he catch on to you all, or was it?" I don't something? know. Maybe he did, and maybe he did. Which but, and it, honestly, it doesn't he, even matter at this point. It didn't even matter though, because like he because always related to something like, and then this happened, and then that happened, and you're like, and I'm sure at that point he already had you guys engaged. Big, so, yeah. Oh my god. So maybe in a in a sense it was helping you guys. He was a fascinating guy. Like talk about not knowing people's stories, right? Mm -hmm. He um, grew up in New Mexico. Um, we knew when he was older man. He always wore gloves. He always wore cotton gloves because his nerve endings in his hands were shot. Oh. So he had to wear gloves all the time. And it was always kind of a thing until you took his class, until you knew, you always make, everybody kind of like, oh, there's that old man again wearing those funny gloves and da da da. And then one day he was telling us about it. Um, Told us a lot about himself. So he grew up in New Mexico and he used to work in potash mines. Um, he said he did that for many years. And like I say, big man. Even as even as an old man, you know when you get old you get smaller. He oh, was yeah. still like six five and he still had a big size about him. So you could imagine in his twenties, he was probably like a monster of a man, but always just always had that demeanor of a gentle giant. He said, um, walking into like a mine, there was a cave in. And the mines came down. And he said the draft, the draft of the mine collapsing, collapsing cre created like a gush of wind that blew him out of the mine. And there's overhead beams. And the he flew out of the mine and his head hit the beam, breaking it above him as the mine collapsed. And it flew him, threw him like 20, 30, 40 feet back. And they found him and he had a broken neck. And... He was such a big and strong man, and he had such big muscles in his neck that, like, it held his neck into place. Interesting. Yeah, it's really, like, he always had stories like that, and you're like, what? I wonder, it's like, it makes me um, remember that one movie, uh, Big Fish. Yeah. The Tall Tales. Yeah. <laughs> I had a, I, I did have just, and this is so. Go ahead, go ahead, because there's another story about okay, Mr. Okay, well, I had a, I did have a um, social studies teacher when I was in the sixth grade. Mm -hmm. And he, I always remembered him because he had super white hair. And he told me, or he told the class, that 
he remembers, and it's it, it wasn't until something I learned later in college, but he told me that there was a day where he woke up and the it, the sun rose, mm-hmm. and it was like not the time that the sun was supposed to rise, mm-hmm. and then later on the sun rose, and that he remembers that that was when they did the testing for the atomic bomb oh, wow. and why sense he remembers the memory of the sun rising twice and i read the book later on in college and that's the day, how they described it the day the sun rose twice here in new mexico and being from where, where we're from yeah it's not i mean it's not that far away so he remembers that as a memory wow that he saw it like it really did light up the sky so bright that it, it the sun did rise twice. Wow. And I never forgot that. And I, I never exactly knew what it meant because I was like, what, in the sixth grade? Yeah. And his hair was white. And he's like, yeah, that's right. My hair turned white. Of course, his hair didn't turn white that way, but maybe it did. Who maybe knows? it did. Radiation. Maybe it did. Who knows? Right. But it wasn't until I always remembered that story because he was always such a fun... You know, trying wow. to make history or... Interesting. It's making courses sound interesting. And it, even in the sixth grade, I remember that clearly. Well, and then it wasn't until I read the book. You're like, like, oh, Holy shit. crap, I remembered it, it clearly. Happened. I was like, it, I remember him telling us that. Kind of, um, I think of the the name of Japan, the land of the rising sun. Mm-hmm. And then you think about the atomic bomb, like the sun rising. Oh, like, gosh. goes hand in hand. Yeah. You know what I mean? As terrible as it was. No, um, so Mr. Warncup, an amazing man, very unassuming man, very gentle, very kind. We only knew him as an old man, and like I say he's already passed away, but uh, always wore these cotton gloves. And, um, you know, one day he takes them off and he's explained to him, he goes, well, my nerve endings are shot. And I have to wear these things because I know people make fun of me of always having to wear these cotton gloves. Just like basic utility gloves you get at the convenience store, you know? Yeah. And, um, he says, you know, um, well, it happened in front of everybody. It was like the newspapers documented, but there was an accident. Not really an accident. He said, he said there was a, a, a truck. And I don't remember if it was his or if it belonged to somebody. But it was a truck that you, when you put it in park, was it was like a, an old Ford pickup or something. And it was notoriously known for popping out of park into neutral. Oh. And he was at a diner that he went to that he said the, the, the driveway was kind of slanted and the road was kind of at an angle like this. I don't know where in town it was, mm-hmm. but he said um, he was outside and he was looking at the truck and it started rolling backwards mm-hmm. and he saw a little girl on the sidewalk oh, no. and he ran to shove the girl out of the way and the truck literally ran him over. But then it hit the street and it came back down and it stopped on top of him. He said the wheel was on top of him. And he said, um, it's one of these moments. There's, there's moments where people, things happen to people and they, something comes over them that they do something that they would never do. Like superhuman. I mean, for lack of a better word, very superhuman and it's, Stories all around the world, different people, but it happened. He had his moment. Vehicle stopped on him. And uh, at that moment, he knew he was going to die. And he said he pressed against the truck. 
and he lifted the truck up off of him, put it down. And he said, there were people all around. People saw this happen. People said that were, you know, you know, um, the reporters went up because a small town, you know, big yeah. said they, they interviewed people and everybody said that they saw it happen. They saw him lift it up and he picked up the truck and moved it right here, right next to him. And they got him out when the paramedics got there. And as a result of that, whatever that was that summoned the force for him to be able to save his own life, it also like damaged all the nerve endings in his hand. Oh, interesting to see if that, if, and that it, even, if that really was what happened or. I mean, apparent, according to him, there's people that were invested, like interviewed people that saw it happen, eyewitnesses and everything. And that he saved that little girl's life, but he also saved his own life in that moment. And it's funny because you could look it up on the internet. There's stories of people that do yes, feats of superhuman strength at the moment that it's required. I almost kind of don't even want to look up to see if this it happened to your, to your teacher. Because honestly, I like the story... So much. So much that I don't even want to tarnish a guy, the idea. And it, it, it's a guy like with a... It. And, and that's only two stories. Yeah. Because you know what's funny? It's like um, people that have one or two stories like that usually have dozens mm -hmm. and dozens. Do you know what I mean? We don't know. He could have fought in the war. He may have had crazy experiences in the war. Who knows? He lived through the very exciting times. You know, he was already very old in the 90s. Cuban Missile Crisis, Vietnam, Korea, World War II, all the riots, everything that's going on. You, you just don't know what he's gone through. But you, do, but you do know there's these two amazing stories that did happen to him where he survived. One of them caused his hands to go, you know, nerve endings to go shot on him. But fascinating. And, and again, you can look these things up online and there's always stories of people that in a life or death situation, they do something that would... Um, Be like very... Um very superhuman. I am. Um, I played rugby with this guy. Really, really cool guy. He, his last year was my first year. And I mean, you know, I played rugby. And it was in a newspaper. I never forget this. And they shared it on Facebook. Um, he lives like somewhere in Texas now, Dallas or something, like one of the mm -hmm. big cities. And there's a fire in a big building, multi story building. And there was um, a kid in the building. This guy's Michael Benting. And there was a kid in the building, and, and, I, and I mean kid, it might have been a toddler. I don't know the details, but like a, like a baby. And apparently, when the building was on fire, like this, somebody was trying to get their children out of the building on, on a very high floor. Mm -hmm. And she tossed her baby out the window. And, and like the comment on the, on the article was, you know, former rugby player makes a rugby catch. Goes out there, sees the baby coming, catches the baby. Baby's <laughs> unharmed. Oh my gosh. Like, that one might may have may not have been superhuman strength, but you think about how hard would it be to catch a child launched from a fourth, uh, fifth, six-story building. Well, it's going to, I mean, you can't mess up. You can't mess up. <laughs> I mean, this is not a pigskin. It's not a pigskin. Yeah, you're, if you, you can't If you catch up. it just wrong, bam. Yeah, you can't mess up. Like you got my bad. Like, I missed that. Can I get a redo? I know, right? There's no <laughs> catches the child. Oh my gosh! So I mean, things like that still happen. You just amongst all the nonsense of the world, 
all the craziness of Afghanistan, the Middle East, China, and everything, you still, um, you, there, there's still miracles happening. And it's funny because in the Christian world, you know, Catholicism and all that, you talk about the miracles of the Bible and all that. Oh, you read in the Bible on Jesus, and you hear about all these miracles that happened thousands of years ago, and you don't hear them happening them anymore. I don't know. That is. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think miracles happen all the freaking time. You just don't see them. You just don't see them. They happen all the time. They do. I mean, the fact that somebody can catch a kid thrown out a fourth or fifth story building. I mean, how fragile is a child? That kid, you know what I mean? That kid would have hit the ground. That kid would not be God, here today. God. Well, you know, even if you would have caught it wrong, head, neck snapped. I mean, you can't deny the fact that it is kind of up there in the realm of like that was a miracle. Right place, right time. Caught, caught the child. Caught the baby. An caught epic the baby. moment in time, you know. And you know, again, you hear about all the craziness in the world, you know, the gun laws, rioting, Democrats, Republicans, China, da da Mexico, violence in Mexico. I think it happens. We just don't see it because we're still caught up in all the craziness of the world. All right. So we need something because I know that we've been. So we need something to kind of wrap this up. Oh, we were all over the place. I know we were. This time we really, really were. We really but were. I, I, no, I enjoyed it because honestly, you know what I do like about this is that we are going to have to go back to our first episode. So, I mean, this is kind of funny. It's kind of like, all right, Super League update, first episode. It came out. The mystery so, still continues. Yeah, the mystery still continues. Still continues. So, so like, there, and, and I cannot promise that it won't come up again. It might come up again. I think I think we have to do like an episode again where we go we, remote. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be have there. To go back. We might. I don't know. I kind of want to go back. Do you want to go back? It's not the same, though, ever oh. since they smudged the building. It's funny because like, you hear about people like smudging with sage. The, yeah. And this girl smudged the building and this, she had like a little, little cone of sage. It wasn't like the big bundle of sage. It was like a cone. Okay. And she was walking around with a little plate. And as she was smudging the building, the sage was like dancing around on the plate. Like it was like, like she had a plate with the sage. And this, I was watching this. I wouldn't have believed it. And the thing just starts doing this on the plate. And I'm watching her hold it with two hands. And I'm looking at her hands. I'm like, you're doing that. But it was like legit going like Just, this. And I'm like, and I was like, God. I, and then some other stuff happened after that related to that so but then we just maybe need more updates on this maybe more updates. more updates maybe maybe we go to somewhere else maybe as a follow-up because there's a lot of cool things like that that happen here in the city right so i think we need to do a follow-up episode so maybe guess, like a another paranormal episode oh and maybe this time we can actually talk about our or have our friend um be a part of that if you want to Oh. Anyway, so, you know, have, you know, power. Exciting. So, yeah, so we'll, we'll do an update on that. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be fun. I don't know if he'll come join us, but he might. Yeah. Maybe want to join us. We, we have people that want to be on, but. If, yeah, yeah, other yeah. people, yeah. Other people, yeah. Okay, so, so, okay, so we but, need us okay, to go back on we that. Were, we were, but the, the whole initial topic of this podcast was manifestations, the power of words, intentions, and your thought process. Absolutely. And it's funny that led us down so many paths. And it's funny because I, as I was recounting the things that my father even told me as a kid, your power, words have power. So how funny the word, the words that he, he empowered upon me made an impact on me. So what you say 
the way the, the words that you say, how they impact your life and the lives of the people around you. We don't think about the words we say when we're mad, when we're angry, when we're happy, That's how they impact really everyone like around us. That's a really good point. Right? And I was telling you about like being an energy vampire. Like honestly, if we if, if there's a takeaway here, like seriously, like once you start to become self aware and I feel like once It's the you red pill, right? You take the red pill to become <laughs> aware. If you become oh, self aware of the energy that you're putting out there. Because I was telling you that one profound moment I had with you, once you become self-aware, I think that yeah. you might make a conscious choice to like stop or think in a different way. And when you start to do that, I, I really feel like it can make an impact on your life. And I feel like good things are always going to happen. Is it perfect? No, I think it takes practice. Right. Honestly, this is something that's always going to take practice. But once you can master and practice i think that it's very beneficial to your life not only professionally right. but personally okay so it is a red pill it is a red pill. it is a red pill. i always have to look that up. i always have to because there's there's hard the hardcore so fans the from the matrix pill, is it okay so the blue pill is like so the safe here's pill. here's a definition it says <laughs> the, the blue pill. pill the blue pill describes a con con continuity of the current state of life. An example, living life without knowing its meaning or running away from the truth in order to stay as is. In the movie Morpheus, a major character describes it as waking up in, in bed without caring for your destiny or such profound ideas. The red pill is described as a solution for knowing the real truth of life. Morpheus explains it as a continu continuing into the rabbit hole or in other words, continuing to learn about the lies that were set in the world in order to break then and attain freedom. So, oh, taking so the, red pill. the red pill. The red pill. I feel like there's oh, a theme with on. the red pill hold here. On. Matrix 4 is coming out this year. <gasps> oh, I can't wait. Okay, I'm going to nerd out right now. I cannot wait. <laughs> uh, no I, I was reading about it that the I trailer, uh, the trailer is not out yet. <gasps> but there's a Matrix 4 and it's supposed to come out in December. Oh, so close, people. So close. Ooh, the Matrix 4 Resurrections, all four teaser trailers. Oh, apparently there are trailers. We're going to watch it afterwards because okay. we can't play because no, copywriting and things no. all will get flagged. So, and, if anything, yeah. guys, please watch it. Look up the trailer for Matrix 4. Because if anything, um, we keep talking about the damn red pill, right? Right. And the there's supposed to be, pill. there's supposed to be, um, um, some good actors in it too. I mean, uh, Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss is coming back as Trinity. <sighs> Um, Keanu Reeves has to be in it. If he didn't, I would. Neil Patrick sad. Harris is going to be in it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, are you done or not alone? Done. Oh my goodness. Done. Uh, Barn Barney from Barney from uh, uh, How I She's he's going to be in the Matrix. Um, I don't know any of these other people. Um, oh, who cares? Yeah. This is, let's watch this. Neil Patrick Harris is in the Matrix Four with Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss. Carrie Ann Moss. She has this whole thing about meditations now. The ex used to listen to her. And oh, she has yeah. this thing you subscribe to online. And she does like, you know, yoga and meditations. Oh, and, interesting. And cool. mantras and all that. Yeah. So something about the Matrix really took her life in a whole new direction. Well, you know, sometimes when you expand your mind to think that of other possibilities, I think that maybe yeah. you can open up your eyes. If anything, um, what yeah. is... How are we going to wrap this up, friend? So, I mean, I mean, we've been all over the place. Pill, and the I, red you pill. Know, honestly, we, we took uh, if a anything, dose took, of the red pill. We took the 
goes to the red pill. But it's been fun. Honestly, it's been fun. I've had a really good conversation. It's been fun. I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed I, this podcast. I think a I, lot. I feel like we barely scratched the surface on manifesting though, because we went in so many directions. Yeah, it might have to be something we come back to. This whole idea of manifesting good intentions, manifesting your future. We should tell people what happened. That, you know, the reverse, what do you call it? The reverse manifestation? Oh, the self-fulfilled prophecy. Self-fulfilled prophecy. So I had an event that happened this past <gasps> week. Self-fulfilled yes. Yeah. So, yes. you know, I have this ex-girlfriend. I haven't seen her since we broke up. You know, clean break. Oh, standard yeah. stuff. Standard yeah, stuff. Whatever, okay. standard stuff. Yeah, it is what it is. Sign the contract. All vague. Yeah, it is. Sign the contract. Yeah. Well, so... Hmm. So, uh, in my mind, so we go to the same gym. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. How we met, right? Yeah. So, um, I was thinking in my mind, I was like, man, I don't want to see her. Not that she's a bad person. Not saying anybody's a bad person. You know. I just didn't want to, you know, have the run in and all that awkwardness. And I kept thinking like, God, you know, if she comes into my gym, I'm just going to quietly get my stuff and leave. That's what I've been telling myself. I was like, God. And I, and I th- for some reason, about two weeks ago, it was really in my mind. I was like, yeah, if I see her, I'm going to leave. Oh, God. And then so much so on my mind that I started thinking like, oh, I need to stop thinking about that. Oh. But then on Labor Day, I go to the gym because we had a class like at 10 in the morning and all that. And go to the bathroom. And it could be because there was only one gym class that day. I don't believe in coincidence. I believe in this whole synchronicity that things happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. But get out of the bathroom, say hi to my friends. They're like, hey, what's up, Bart? Because I feel like Norm from Cheers. Like, Norm, hey. hey. <laughs> and uh, I put my bag down and they're saying what's up to the guys. They're, on the, they're warming up on the bikes, you know, these Airdyne bikes. And um, from the back of the gym, I always kind of scan the gym floor, you know, just want to see who's there. And um, I was like, who's that? Instantly, I recognize that person. Yeah. You don't want to have the awkward no. encounter. Nope. How are you? Nope. Hmm. No. And so I I quietly just, I was in the back of the gym, went to the bikes, t- said hey to my buddies on the bikes, went back, got my bag, and said, uh, you know what, guys? I, I got to go. Something just came up. And my buddy, one of my buddies there, he's a cop, and he may or may not know, but he goes, yeah, everything good. He's like, no, everything's great, man. I, I gotta go. Something I just forgot. I left. I left the. I left the water boiling on the stove. I gotta turn the stove oh, off. Oh no! Oh man! You know, oh, I left the lights on. <laughs> the dog's outside suffering. <laughs> the dog's outside suffering. I must have told him like three different excuses. Gotta go, dude. Like, gotta go. And um, I left. And. Um, you know, you'd say self-fulfilling prophecy, and I think... And I, I had that. I was thinking about it after you left. I mean, after you had the conversation. I was thinking about it. I'm like, is it reverse modification? And then it was like, it was like, ding, self-fulfilling prophecy. That's oh. exactly what that is when you have that. Well, I have this friend. I have a friend. <laughs> That's exactly I said hi to my to friend there at the gym on Labor Day in the morning, and um, I saw him the next day at the gym. On Tuesday, and he and he he was at the five thirty class. I gave him the six thirty class, and he just wrapped it up. And I tied my shoelace or something. He comes up to me, he goes, "You know, hey, uh, Park." I go, "Yeah." He goes, "This is weird, but um, did I dream that you stopped by yesterday?" I said, "He goes, I could have swear you were at the gym." And then, like, I turned and looked, and 
you were gone. Your stuff was gone. He goes, I don't know. I, I thought I saw you yesterday and it's driving me crazy. I feel like I'm nuts. Did I see you or did I dream it? And I was like, <laughs> I just started laughing. I go, yeah, something came up, dude. I stopped by and I had to go turn the stove off at the house. I had to leave. And, and he goes, he goes, it's been bothering me all day. I knew I saw you. And um, <laughs> then the coach, you know, the, the, the CrossFit instructor, he looked at me and he goes, yeah, I saw you. And I was like, yeah, something came up, dude. And he goes, something came up. I go, you know. Well, like, because they know you. Yeah, go. And they, they probably put yeah, two and two together. I was together. like, something came up, bro. And he goes, okay. And I had to go. He goes, yeah, I, I understand. Self-fulfilled prophecy. Interesting. And it's, what's curious about that, you can say this is um, manifestations or not. I, I pray and I meditate a lot. You know, I'm I'm this wild guy. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I know you do. Beer, beer hose and good times. Let beer the good hose. times roll. Boats and hose. Boats and hose. But um, I, I really like um, I really like the, you know I, I have my moments where I say my prayers and I get deep in thought. And um, I was even reading this article about successful people that the first five minutes of their day they meditate, just to set the tone of the day, which I really like. But um, I um, I do a lot of that. And I put a lot of intentions out. Yeah. Really focus, like really visualize it. I really visualize it. And it got me thinking like, what's next? I think that's great. Do you know what I mean? Like, no. what's next? Like, I like it. I, I've, I've been really praying and meditating a lot on things. and um, I like it. And like I say, it just left me, after that happened, it's like, if I did that, what's next? And we just like unleash unknown power to all of our viewers. <laughs> it's possible. Use it for that's, good, not evil. That's, that's the thing, I think. I think that's the thing. It's possible. It is possible. Even, even if you believe in it in just a shred, just an ounce and you think it's possible, then cling on to that. Like the balloon, like the balloon that's slipping away and you hold on to the string and you're holding at the very end, hold on to it. And you know what? If you can dream it and you can visualize it and you can manifest it, hold on to that dream because you can make it happening. You can make it happen. Visualize it. See it. And you know what? You're gonna have to put some of the work in because I think there's a there's a work component that's not talked no, about. No, you have to. You but your mindset has to change. In order for the you to make things the work you happen. Say. Yeah. I mean, and then all of a sudden you should be inspired. Like the things that you want to change should be on the things that you visualize. So you're visualizing something. So yes, you want to be like what a, a business owner. Well, what is it gonna take to be a business owner? Do you need to wake up early? Do you need to apply for a loan? Do you need right. to like take that leap? So it has to be important enough for to you to important. like do that. I, I think about you have to do it. I always think about the historical context. It's just, yeah, you know, Mark, they. Well, because you love history. Yeah. And I, 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 I like think the about, history aspect. I think about it. the American Revolution, the idea of America. 13% of the population believed in the idea of America. And they fought and they gave their lives. And when they were at Valley Forge and they were at Trenton. And when they defeated the Germans, you know, they crossed the Delaware. It was that many... Americans who probably were not soldiers or just people that believe that, yeah, we should oh, be free. But they yeah. have this idea of what our country can be. And they held on to it for, what, four or six grueling years? 
They didn't have food. They didn't have enough munitions. They never had enough manpower, but they held on to the idea. And they overcame the greatest empire on the world. Britain. The sun, and that, and the that, sun that never yeah. set on Britain. And that the is red coast. so beautiful that the way our, our country was formed. The fact I that was, we... Uh, I've been thinking about the Alamo lately. Oh, have Remember you? Remember the Alamo. Yes. I, the other night, I was up to like 3 in the morning, and I watched like four, three or four different variations of the Alamo. How fun. And then after that, I had to look everything up. I had yeah. to look everything up. I was so obsessed with like, the after I came back from Dallas and going to the, the Texas book, Texas school book. I always get the the sixth floor museum. I always right. say it yeah. just because I always get the everything all messed up. Yeah. So I was so obsessed with that. And You're um, obsessive person. I was, and I, I did. But um, and then I watched a movie with um, I loved it. It was uh, Natalie Portman. She was a. Uh, um, She's such a sweetheart. She, she was. A, she was. <laughs> this topic, but like she was, um, you know, um, Jackie Kennedy. And it oh, was about. Wow. She'd it was be a about, good Jackie Kennedy. Yes, she was, and it was about like what happened, um, the day of the assassination, and then the hours leading after. Wow. It was very powerful. Anyway, right. so I, I keep bringing this up. I need to go to another museum so I can bring up another the, stuff. The but it was very the cool. Alamo. It was very cool. But the Alamo, you're obsessed with this too. So. And and again, it's 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 Current a obsession. It's it's a group of people, of of people from all over the United States from. Tennessee from Alabama and they actually had the roll call of people that were there in the Alamo people from all over the world there's people from Scotland from England from Ireland there's Mexicans there's people from like the Balkans there's just people from all over the world and then there's you know Texans well Texans were Americans you know so there's just such a, a hodgepodge of people with this I you know and, and it's very controversial did they know that they what they were doing? That was it like oh shit we're in a bad situation now? Like there's there's a couple I read a couple of different things like yes they knew uh, there came a point where they knew, they knew that was a hopeless situation but they had to do it big to buy time for Sam Houston and the rest of the army. There was you know maybe there was another thing I read that they knew they were in a bad situation they were trying to get out of it but the Mexicans were so committed to it to make a point and um, and. Uh, but this idea that, you know what, uh, we're not the United States, but we're not Mexico, we're Texas, and Texas means something because it is the land of the free. And I love that about Texas. Texas is such a pain in the ass. <laughs> it's the biggest state in the union. It takes forever to drive across it's Texas. It's like its own country. It's like its own country. They have their own power grid. <laughs> but which is but this, which is kind of kicked I, them in the ass during this the winter this last right, winter right but but this concept of Texas and what makes it great like did these guys know that they were they were like the tip of the spear where they were that ember that was gonna cause this fire to become an inferno to become what it was did they know. And no one ever really knows. Nobody the, knows. No one ever really knows. And you know what's interesting about the movies about the Texas, mm -hmm. the Alamo? There's many different versions of the Alamo. 
I'm gonna um, have to watch Star Wars. There's the di- there's a the di- there's a Disney one where it shows Davy Crockett swinging his musket away, you know, and at, at the um, at the Mexicans before he falls. There's another version that came out in the '70s where every time somebody got shot, they kind of went like this, but it never showed blood. Um, there was an older version. Uh, there's a John Wayne version. That was a pretty good version. Now John Wayne. So version. if there's a recommendation, which one would you? Which one would you do? Okay, I like the John Wayne version. Oh, okay. Because the John Wayne version is a very idealist version. Okay. You know, he has that talk with that Mexican woman that like is in love with him, and he goes, he makes that great speech. Oh, he makes a great oh, speech. Oh, you can't play it. No, I can't play it. Darn John it. Wayne. Alamo speech. He makes a great speech about. Um, Oh, it is. Um, it, it is a great speech. Um, let me see here. The Republic speech. John Wayne said. So okay, can because um, th- this oh, it's on Facebook. I have to uh-huh. log in. Is it on here? Um, yeah, he he says Republic. I like the sound of the word. It means people can live free, talk free, go or come, buy or sell, be drunk or sober, however they choose. Some words give you a feeling. Republic is one of the words that make me tighten the throat. The same tightness a man gets when his baby takes his first step or his baby shaves and makes his first sound like a man. Some words give you the feeling that make you make your heart warm. Republic is one of those words. And it's it's a very idealistic movie and and um um and it has General Travis as a very slick looking guy and his hat fits just rise and he's dressed as a soldier. Very idealistic, and I think it's if you want to watch anything about the Alamo, you have to watch the John Wayne version. Oh, wow. But the last version that came out was Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, yeah, is it Billy Bob? No, I think mm-hmm. his name, mm-hmm. yeah, that one's interesting. I'll have to check that one. And that one is is it Billy? Is it Billy Bob that's in that one? I don't know, but we're gonna have to wrap this one up and just oh. because I'm saying, you know, why I'm saying this, and this is something actually one of my um. Someone who watches our podcast podcast asked me, huh. with all that alcohol that you all drink in two hours, how does anyone not have to go pee? I don't know. Because it's very <laughs> well, compelling. This is, this is, this is my, my moment. I'm okay. Sorry. Okay. The last version of the Alamo, and I, we won't take it too long. Okay. Uh, it came out in 2000 something, and it has, uh, who, is, who are the main? Billy Bob Thornton, Dennis Quaid. Yeah, was were they in it? Was Dennis Quaid in it? Yeah, he he's the one that plays Sam Houston, Dennis Quaid. That's right. Um, Patrick Wilson is Patrick Wilson did a great job as William Travis. So, the last Alamo. I'm seriously, cannot wait. Okay, we're gonna pause. Yeah, crickets, crickets, crickets. You're gonna hear crickets for like a second while Janeko does her business. Yeah, because like seriously, okay. this is actually a real life situation. Okay, okay. Which actually, I'm gonna freeze until you go. All right, and go. Okay. Seriously, my sister asked me about this. She's like, oh my god. You have to edit this out, Mark. I'm not editing this out. You're not. You're not it's so it's so in. So so the Alamo. And um I know it's a Texas story, but it's such an American story. It it it's got all the trademarks of our country. Like um men fighting for their ideas and their beliefs and their family. And it's so funny that the Texas, you know, was, was, became a part of our country because it's just, I'd say it's just such a quintess, quintessential t- um, story 
that goes in line with the rest of our country. You know, Manifest Destiny and all that. And yeah, there's a lot of good stories and a lot of stories, bad stories. History, history is messy. And I think we've always said history is messy. And, and there's many different sides of history. You know, the good, the bad. Did we still land? Did we do this? Did we do that? The Native Americans. And, and there's, you know, if you look at America, there's a lot of things that are unforgivable. I completely agree. If you look at the world as a context, there's many things that are unforgivable. There's a lot of human slaughter. There's a lot of um, moments that are, are, are just amazing. Humanity at its finest, humanity at its worst. But in terms of the Alamo, it's just um, one of those stories that um, if you grew up in our generation and older, I think it was a part of our history. Davy Crockett and the a coonskin hat. And everybody knew about Daniel Boone and, uh, uh, and, and uh, was it Daniel Boone? No, not Daniel Boone. Uh, Bowie, Daniel Bowie and the Bowie <laughs> Knife. So it is, Jeanette Beck. Jeanette's Beck. I hate you so bad. There's, but I, I'm very happy that you still continue. <laughs> I, I am. It's funny. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about like the Alamo, but like how many, like, um, you know, did people did different lives, different paths, but how many of different those lives culminated there at the Alamo? And the two that I could think of offhand is Davy Crockett and Daniel Bowie, the Bowie knife, right? Holy crap, so, yeah. You know, Travis was a man that was never successful, but he had his moment, and that was his moment. So, what's interesting about this last movie, The Alamo, that came out, and it came out in 2000-something. Mm. Um, um, I'm looking for the year Look here. Look it up. 2004. Um, 2004. Okay. We can't talk about it without giving people 2004, information it was about Dennis it. Quaid, and... Um, Billy Bob Thornton. Dennis Quaid was in this too. He was Sam Houston. And okay. he did he did a really amazing job as Sam Houston. But what gets me is Billy Bob Thornton pays, plays like a lot of gruff roles. Yeah, he does. And he plays Davy Crockett. And if there's ever, I think if there was ever a picture painted of who Davy Crockett was or he could be, I think Billy Bob Thornton did a good job because in our minds growing up as kids, especially from our generation and older, mm -hmm. Davy Bob, um, Davy Crockett, Davey Crockett was the all, like the all American football player. Do you know what I mean? The Gipper, John Wayne. He had this image of, you know, this Caucasian clean cut guy, always going around the world country, Doing the right thing for the little man, you know? But I also see Billy Bob Thornton putting in that darkness. Yes. Because it's not always 100% good. It's going to be a and little you think bit of about, struggle and darkness with that role. And you think about the year was 1835. Yeah. It was, you think about history. I mean, houses weren't immaculate. Dirt floors. People showered once a week, two weeks, whatever. So there was a certain gruffness about them. The way they talked was probably very nonchalant they probably like this john lane and and the disney david crockett where they talked very proper and all that probably did not exist in that oh, absolutely frontier not. texas 1930 or 1835 it was gonna be rough it, it was rough very and rough. i think i think the the 2004 alamo really paints that picture of the dreariness and it even kind of paints the picture of like the hopelessness of of like we're in a bad situation we're not gonna make it and so 
It's an inch that Alamo. So if you watch the John Wayne one, the idealistic one, yeah, it's really important because John Wayne really hammered, and John Wayne was really interested in the Alamo, the idealistic of the test, the Texas Republic. I almost said testicle, but the I know, Texas and Republic. I think you just did <laughs> the Texas Republic. You just freedom, did freedom, <laughs> what it means, and it's. I think it lays a good foundation because then when you go to the modern one where they they get even better at being historically accurate, you see the Alamo for really what it was. Like it's it's not a whole lot. Like when um, General Travis says, "I'm going to put you on the palace, the, you and your the Tennesseans on the Palisades." He mean in J.B. Crockett says, "Oh, you mean that stick fence?" All it was, a bunch of sticks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 Travis says to him, you know, and this is all. I mean, at this point, it's all conjecture because they don't know what they really said. But in the movie, they say he says, "Well, um, unless you prefer a different assignment." And David, you know, um, Billy Bob, you know, playing David Crockett says, "No, no, that's 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 the that's the one I wanted to do." <laughs> so everybody in. Everybody in that movie, the main characters, which happen to be Travis, um, this uh, this, uh, this guy named Elijah or something, mm-hmm. um, 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 Bowie, and David Crockett. I didn't know this until I started reading about about it. the The wife of Elijah Hutchinson, I believe his name was Elijah or Ekaniah Hutchinson or something. His wife was. Uh, Mary Kate Hutchinson, I think. She's one of the few survivors of the Alamo. She had two kids with her. And um, where they all died in the movie is based on what she wrote. Oh, wow. She says she came out of the church and she recognized everybody right away. She said as she walked out, she saw Davy Crockett um, in front of the church away from the main fort. So where it shows him retreating in the movie. And... Eventually, like in the movie, he captured. He was captured, and they killed him. But that's where she said she saw his body mutilated. She said she recognized um, Travis by his uniform on the wall, shot in the head. Well, in the movie, he's shot in the head on the wall, mm-hmm. and in the other movies, he's not. Bo- um, Bowie, Daniel Bowie, right? Daniel Bowie. Is it Daniel Bowie or oh, and that guy and the guy that played Bowie. I don't know why I'm getting his name wrong. The guy that played Bowie. Who was the guy um, that played? Let me see. Bonahum, Grimes, Colonel James, William Travis, James, Jason Patrick. I've never heard of him. Plays James Bowie. And he did a good job because you figure Bowie was a rough and tough guy. He was stabbed. He was cut. He was stabbed through the lungs or something like that. And he was known for his big fight, his big knife and winning fights and all that. You figure a guy like that was a gruff guy. In the movie, he comes across as being a really gruff guy. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The picture just is painted so well. um, um, Colonel Travis, William Travis, was never a successful man. He was always in debt. He didn't make it well in life. But then he was put in charge of the Alamo. And by the looks of him... He's not the old Travis that was a clean-cut guy. He was kind of a guy that was just kind of thrown together, but he believed in this cause. And so Bowie died in his bed. Well, they know he was sick. And so they know, they know most likely he was in his bed when he died. 
So, so everywhere, every, the, the way these men died is all so important. And if you go down the Alamo, they talk about the barracks mm-hmm. where, the, where the fighting was the worst. They dug a little trench in there to shoot out the windows of. Well, the Mexicans got into the barracks and the fighting was hand to hand. So they say if you go to the Alamo in San Antonio where the barracks is, it's horribly haunted. But that's where it was like brutal hand to hand in a little corridor fighting. So think about like, you know what I mean? And there's, there's, I kept reading and reading and trying to, there's like, there's a, there's a number of firsthand accounts and secondhand accounts of what happened there. That the, the, the sentries fell asleep and they only found out that the Mexicans were attacking because somebody woke up and the Mexicans were already coming over the wall. So it was, it was thick. It, it happened fast. And um, it, 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 I just think the 2004 Alamo does a good job of painting what happened. And it gives you an idea of the hopelessness. But uh, the fact that these guys were like, all right, we're going to do this. That's awesome. I want to watch it now. You have to watch it. The two, I, like I say, the, date, the, the, two, the, the old John Wayne one, mm-hmm. great one to watch. You know, it's very idealistic. You know, they come in, they're singing, they all look clean cut, classic, classic Western, you know, 1960s Americana. You know what I mean? It's a good message, though. And talk about paranormal. So, John Wayne, they said during, when my reading about it and reading about the hauntings of the Alamo, because I knew about the hauntings, Mm -hmm. they said John Wayne was obsessed with the Alamo about the ideals, the men there and all that. And he was there at the site and he wanted to know everything about the Alamo. You talk about the the security guards that oversee the Alamo because they say they they always see certain things. They see like a ghost of two kids playing. Two kids that were killed because they were mistaken for men when they went into the church. And then they talk about um, um, like in the barracks. They talk about like there's there's different ghosts that they always see. And they in my, one one of the um, the books I was reading said after the death of John Wayne, they said they started seeing apparitions of John Wayne at the Alamo. How weird! Yeah, that is very. And curious. they were very specific about that. Wow. Yeah. Very curious about that. That's funny. Oh my goodness! Is that what is going to happen if our obsession is going to take us to the place that? Could you be so obsessed with something in life that in the next life that you, you're like almost like you're connected with a, a place that you're obsessed with, that people will see you there in the next life? Probably. It's, it's curious. Probably. But this idea that, that these guys believed in this idea of Texas and freedom and all that, just like Washington and the, and the um, Continental Army. They were they were a hodgepodge of colonials, frontiersmen. They they had this idea of like freedom and a new nation. You know, Thomas Jefferson, just just like we're talking about, they 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 had this idea. They were manifesting it. Manifest destiny. Manifest destiny. And we're talking about because we're talking about history. Right. And also, America was founded on manifest destiny too. It, you know, so and if, and you anything, and you you talk about putting ideas out there, manifesting. Mm-hmm. America was an idea. And and did we not conquer? Did we not expand to the West because of manifest destiny? Right. 
So when you think about this, I mean, you can tie all of what we talked about right. into an idea about right. how our country came to be. Because I think it, it, it's important to tie that in. We talked about history because, I mean, we're thinking about all of these ideas, self-fulfilled prophecy, manifest destiny, about manifesting our ideas and our dreams. Right. But it all kind of ties into everything we always talk about. So um, Talking about history and about all these things that how we've come to be i right. think that i think that you're connected to the greater picture the greater idea i honestly right? think that and as individuals we have to figure it, that out first so here's here's an idea okay okay so i was talking to a friend of mine in mexico yeah, me and me and evan were talking about you know um, mexico history mm-hmm. and i said you know oh yeah there's a couple of things i want to see and i told her this and that and this and she goes oh that's cool that you want to get in touch with that I go what didn't you ever get curious the fact that i know so much about mexico and she goes oh, i never occurred to me i said um i studied a lot of mexican history like a lot of mexican history while i was in college i took a lot of mexican history classes and you know and it, it really drew me in this history of mexico the, yeah you know cortez all the way the you know to the modern day and um she says she made a statement, and it's funny now that we're talking about Manifest Destiny, the American America. She says, "That's I think that's great, but it's not valued in Mexico. They in Mexico we don't value the history of Mexico. There's no real you know people are worried about different stuff." And I said, and I didn't tell her, but I was thinking this, and I said that's a shame. I was thinking it's a shame because um, those that forget their history are doomed to repeat it. Mm-hmm. You it know, should. your history grounds you. Like, no matter how crazy things are here in America, and people talk trash about America, whatever, we're always, there's always something that draws us back to it. Like 9-11. 9-11, we were all, dra- just, we were all brought back together in this, that we're Americans, common heritage, common history. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nation of immigrants, people being kinder. And it's funny because if you think about Mexico, if history is not valued there, what's the connecting factor there? What brings everybody back together? Because Mexico has a beautiful history. Oh. They really do. Yeah. They, you know, they defeated the Spanish when the Spanish was the greatest empire in the earth. The French came in and they defeated the French when the French was the greatest empire in the earth. You know why we, they celebrate Cinco de Mayo? Well, because it's their independent holiday. No, it's not. Is it not? The, the, 60, the 16th of September is the Independence Day of Mexico. The Cinco de Mayo is the first battle of Puebla when the French came in and they defeated the French army. Yes, he says that September was the one where they've defeated. No. This is, no, no, no. This they is he says that it's El Grito. In, that's the Grito. grito. That's oh. El Grito. That's the cry for independence in Mexico. Um um, he, I think his name was Hidalgo. Mm. The, the, you know, he shot the rifle. It was a Me- I, I don't know if it was in Mexico City, but that was the cry for independence, Mexican independence. But the Cinco de Mayo is the defeat of the French the, at the first battle of Puebla. Because there was two battles and they lost the second one. But they defeated the French and the French was at their time with the greatest army in the world. So there's, there's a lot of beautiful and great history in Mexico. But because there's no um, emphasis on this history, there's no common denominator. Now you see the bloodshed going on there. Every man for themselves. 
This year is the bloody, this year is the bloodiest year in Mexico. Although last year was the bloodiest year in Mexico in 10 years. Yeah. And this year surpassing last year. So when you don't have that common thread, that, that common idea that you're manifesting that we are a great people that will come together and get through this, what happens? You don't, if you don't come to get, um, um, you stand come together, together divided people. or um, fall, um, together we stand divided, we fall. Mm -hmm. You have all these different people, cartels, people that work for the cartels for like five bucks a day to do these hit crimes and stuff. But at the same time though, I mean, I get that, but this is also kind of maybe, are we walking away from what we're supposed to be? Well, yes does and no. Tie, does it tie in together? I, I kind of almost I feel, think, like, I, I feel like I think Mexico... it shows, I think, it sh I think if you look at it, it shows what could happen when you don't have that that thought process but i also like the idea of talking about that because i i like that i mean it's a, like the whole because being so close to the border yeah and just kind of how close are we to the border oh my goodness so let's talk about like what an hour 45 minutes 45 minutes Throw a rock. without traffic without traffic honestly right. because Mileage wise, we're about forty five minutes to be from one. There's still places where you could just walk across. And, <laughs> I'm in Mexico, the United States. I'm in Mexico, yeah. United States. Hola, hello. And it's so sad, but it's kind of it's true that you're telling this. That's so sad that right. Yeah, that so Mexican so history is being we, lost upon its own. So people. you think about you we're talking about the United States, how we manifest the greatness of the United States, manifestation, manifest destiny, this idea. You, the greatest export of the United States is our ideology that toppled all the crowns of Europe. We didn't, we didn't go with guns blazing and topple the monarchy in England and monarchy in France and all that. It was our ideas of freedom that brought down the monarchies. So we have this history in the United States that bring us together. That the American dream. Everybody comes for a great American dream, and it's in their head. And they're they talk about manifestation. We're here to make to do better for ourselves. Well, I mean, that's that's, that's the, the American history, dream. That's what the American dream is about. And we're talking about like manifesting stuff in words having power. When you say like we're here to live the American dream, and we're gonna make something of ourselves, and how many people do? Do you know what I mean? And they do it and they put their kids to school. And then you go to a country where the history is being lost. There's the common denominator's not there. There's no there's no manifestation that's coming out from that common no, heritage. I mean, I think uh, well, I honestly I don't even want to go into like It's a whole different kind of yeah, worms. It is, it is a can it's like a different kind of worms. When you're talking about like Mexico and its government and you're talking about like you know, what a lot of people fail to realize is that here in the United States you have a free education in Mexico, you do not. It's only for so many years. It is, and honestly, it's not even all of your elementary school. So when you're talking about like Mexico right. losing its history, you're talking about because like the people in Mexico are not given free education, and people in Mexico who have but money, where, they can send the, their kids. Where's the outcry from the people wanting better? And the United States. Um, during the 60s and 70s, during the civil rights movement, you had it wasn't the politicians, it wasn't the wealthy, it was the people that were struggling, that wanted better for their families. I have a dream for my people, I have a dream for my kids, I have a dream for my family, 
And when they saw that they weren't being treated equal, they came. It was the people that came together that marched against the government and said, "You will give us equal opportunity." And if that means teaching um, schools in Vietnamese, in Spanish, and Chinese, you're going to do that. So all of our children have the same opportunities as all the cultures in the United States. You do that in Mexico. What happened during the Mexican Olympics? The students had a democratic rising because they wanted more rights and freedoms in Mexico. And the Mexican government, um, they marched the military in in Mexico City and they crushed the student rising. But uh, that also right there shows you exactly where the government is at with Mexico. Right. I mean, this is this is where, this is a different, I mean, I, think di- you can, I don't a- think you can compare yourself to the Mexico and the United States, this is completely different. This is it, where it is. It is, but it, is it's still it's. But it still comes down to the people. I understand, but it's going to be a bloodshed. It's going it to is be, going to be a bloodshed. It is going to have to be their own. Indu- it's going to be their own revolution. The, I mean, think about the United States. It was there was bloodshed here. It's going. To, yeah, I get. I get it. But this is going to have to come from the people of Mexico, and it's going to take someone to like. Make them realize that right. they can have better, Some, but it's what it's going to take. It's going to take for, somebody to do it, but it's going to take but an uprising. You think about it, though. We went through that. I get it, and and yeah. And just because it happened 150 not years to say, ago, not to say it can't happen in the next hundred years. It could happen, and it'll it be could, horrible. It could. It is going to be a lot of people dying. But we forget the United States went through that. Oh yes, no, I don't forget. Because honestly, I mean, come on, the like North and South, you're talking about like, yeah, you're talking about, you're talking about the Confederates and the Yankees. Right. We, I mean, it's own country when you have, right now, Afghanistan is going through that right now. And it's not done going through it. And it's not, and it's, it's, it's still going through it. Right. Every country has to go through it. And people, you're right, people have to stand united. People, Otherwise, but people are afraid. People have fears. They think about family, children. And because it's not just, it's not just, yeah, it's women, children. Yeah, it's yeah. families being lost. It's everything. I think, I think you can look for the parallels, but it comes down to those hopes and dreams and aspirations, and not just keeping it in here, but putting it in here and and making it happen. A lot of people, unfortunately, it's going to take a lot of. It's going to take. It's kind of like. The country is going to have to be at the bottom of the barrel for people to realize. Yeah. They're going to have to reach well, the rock think, bottom. I rock bottom is there. what I'm trying to I say. I think they're almost there. When a country finally reaches a rock bottom and they've just taken right. shit upon right. shit, at what point, what do people have when, to lose? When are they done? When, they, yeah, they're done what do you it. have to lose when it's already like, you're already in a shit Sunday? Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. Like, shit at Sunday. what point? Shit Sunday. You're in a shit Sunday. So what, can, we, can I get a cherry on top of that? <laughs> so at what point are, do you have anything to lose? Right. No, you're you're 100 percent right. You're you 100% have to right. hit rock bottom. Oh wow. I know. Dude, it's late. I know. We've been partying a lot, and I'm thinking. I know. Yeah. So I think that at this point, like, I think that we've talked about manifest destiny, self of a process. I think we've talked about there's history. A, a lot of commonalities of what we talked about I today. I think for sure. I think for real. You know. There's there's hopes, wishes, and dreams, mm-hmm. but again, you have to visualize stuff in your mind, and you have to see it happening, and you have to put the words out there. You have to put the good words out there. You have to put the intentions. You got to be grateful, and then you have to do the legwork. Absolutely, and you, you have, have to. to find what it is that is important to you in order for you to do that. What's what is what is what's important? important to you? What's important to me? 
What's important to you? Not being an energy vampire. <laughs> That's what's important to me. Don't be a vampire, it's a, Jeanette. It's terrible. It's a terrible feeling, and it's not a good. It's not a good way of it's being. It's not a good way. Because that's how you set the tone for your day. You know what? If you can set your tone with good uh-huh. intention and a positive mindset, I promise your day will be way better. I uh, I you know sometimes I talk about this with my friends, and sometimes my friends think I'm crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, who cares? Yeah. Whatever. But um, for me, it's all about the dream. You the know dream? what I mean? And I never lose faith in the dream, no matter what it takes. I like it. Remember what I said last time? No matter what's going on, I believe in the good of man. Yes, you did. And I, I, I remember you saying that. I believe in the good of man. And, it, and I still think it ties in. You know, good people have good dreams and they focus in on it. They put the work in and they make it happen. And it doesn't matter. We live. We still live in the greatest country on earth. And if you if you have a dream and you're able to think about it, focus on it, and put the effort into it, you can make it happen. You know? I like it. I like it too. I like it. Well, I think that we've partied for a long time, friends. Yeah. And good is, good and, tequila and, tonight. Dude, that vodka was on point. Yes, it really wow. was. Wow. We made some good selections Ooh, I'm gonna tonight, to, man. I'm gonna stock up on some of that stoli cucumber. That was it. Smells right? delicious. That reposado corralejo is good. Pair so, it up with that zero sugar. That's zero awesome. sugar. You're going keto friendly on the on the on whatever it is that you're making there. I have no idea, but honestly, it's just like it's so refreshing, so good. Oh. Ugh, so girly, you disgust me. I know. Well, but I had fun though. It I was had fun. fun tonight. It was a good night. Yeah, it was a good night. It was definitely fun. Next time, or not next time, but at some point, we're gonna have to circle back with some of the stuff we said tonight. Yeah, for sure. We're gonna have to do a paranormal night one night. Oh, like we have to plan it out. We're gonna do a paranormal night. We'll let everybody know when that's gonna be. I like but, it. Um, we gotta get a camera and go remote because I think that's what we're missing. So we need to go remote, <sighs> and we'll. This is where we maybe need to pay our friend. We need a camera. We, we need, need camera. like a, a, a high def camera so we can go remote. <laughs> And because there's some scary places we can go to. Are we, we going to do GoPro or just hide? hide like, like we can get a camera. We'll, we'll do like in three, four weeks. We'll go. We'll get a camera. And we'll go do it. Okay. Yeah. It'll be exciting. It'll be fun, guys. It'll be fun. I'm excited already. All right. All right. Well, well cheers, friend. Cheers, dude. Empty drinks. That's right. Good fun. Mm. Good times. It was really it was fun. It was really fun. All right. I dig it. Cool. You have All a good right. night. Until next time, man. Later, home slice. All right. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know. Dun, 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 dun. I always have exit, mo- exit music. No, I do that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>